Diagwitch. That's Irish for how she couldn't. It's your old pal Kevin here, just letting you know that this episode of the Edge Podcast is made possible by our incredible backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. If you've been enjoying this current run of episodes looking at The Rock's return, but you're feeling a little bit nostalgic for the old days of late 1999, all the madness that entails, well, then you need to become our backer as soon as you can. For $5 being a backer on Patreon, you get access to the SmackDown Crawl, where myself and Adam are reviewing every single episode of SmackDown starting all the way back at episode one in 1999. Now, I know this may seem like an obvious thing to say, but this is truly one of the weirdest series we've ever done. The stuff that went on in late 99 SmackDown continues to beguile and befuddle myself and old Adam Bivolo. So if you want to support the podcast and get access to 10 episodes of the SmackDown crawl, as well as monthly Q&A episodes with myself, exclusive discounts on merchandise and commentary tracks, and as well as access to show notes, you can get all that by becoming our backer over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. I'd like to thank there's over 550 of you now. Oh my God, you guys are fucking incredible. We love each and one of our amazing backers and we hope to see you alongside the journey for the Smackdown crawl. All of it's available from patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. But for now, enjoy this, the finale of our second season, The Rock's Return. It's WrestleMania 29. Welcome to the Attitude Podcast. The end is here, at least for this storyline that is, or this, uh, can we call these seasons? Is that something which we're doing? Yeah, this is the end of season two, I'm going to say. Yeah, okay, end of season season two, end of, uh, <laughs> of the Attitude Podcast. We have reached the end of The Rock's glorious return to WWE in the recent years. It's WrestleMania 29, hope once again. I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, join us I'm always in this review of The Rock's return. Firstly, to my right, a man who watched most of this in one sitting and has got a face on him like a smack turf <laughs> right now, Adam Pippolo. You right, pal? How's things? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right, so for the listeners, we obviously were recording these back to back, try and maximise our minutes. Billy, Kevin and me were all hanging out yesterday and Kevin was like, oh, do you want to stick around? We've got this nice cat movie, Nine Lives. We're going to have a right laugh. I had to go home because I still had to watch the rest of this. I didn't do my homework. <laughs> so while these guys were like in sunny weather having a right laugh watching a film, I had about to, cats, about and cats, Spacey, no less, like I had to go home and watch the bulk of this in one big sitting. I don't know why, but I just kind of feel like I should like talk to your mother about this again. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, to kind of nip this shit in the bud. Like. <laughs> he didn't do his homework, no. <laughs> and to my left, a man until ten minutes ago was in pajamas. Now he's in shoe clothes. The baddest man on the planet, Billy Keeble. Hello. Billy, what's you lay me out to dry here? I'm in my gym jams. I thought you'd be my gym jam boy. Yeah, I just I just felt very exposed. <laughs> I, just, I, I just didn't fancy doing it. I'm, I'm looking forward to this end of season two, though, which is 
incredibly shorter than season one due to the 2006 writers' strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really went downhill there. You know, they brought back the big star of the rock, but the writing wasn't yeah. there. You know, <laughs> hero season two all over again. <laughs> At least there's some decent Irish accents in this one. <laughs> <laughs> considered. Well, it's been a long, weird-ass road. It started at WrestleMania 27, and here we are a couple of years later in the home of WWE, New Jersey, New York. It's all the same. And it's WrestleMania 29. When is a truly awe-inspiring moment born? One that captures our imagination and takes hold of our emotions. It's born from grandeur, from spectacle, and it's in that moment when time seems to stop that we hold our breath and a legacy begins. Through resilience that's unmatched, and an audacity that's unwavering through uncontrollable ferocity and an unyielding fortitude through an immeasurable greatness and a will that's unbreakable. Tonight, at this global event, this universal stage, whose storied past is rivaled only by the promise of an even bigger future. Millions will watch from around the world, waiting, anticipating for that next breathtaking moment. The stage is set. The time is now. History is at hand. This is WrestleMania. Okay. Was not expecting when I popped this on to see Governor Chris Christie doing the opening voice. Like, oh, is it going to be Kelsey Grammer or Keith David? <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be failed Republican nominee and all-round scumbag <laughs> Governor Chris Christie, aka Evil Jeff from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, there's a lot. You know, it's a common joke to sort of put on a show and it starts off a bit silly. You'd be like, oh, have I even got the right show on here? <laughs> I genuinely did think that I'd put on yeah. the wrong thing at the start because it just opens up with a five-minute package on Superstorm Sandy, and that's all the talk about yeah. straight away like so, not even a mention of Wrestlemania or... no and it was weird because I think they had announced inside that they were going to be in uh, New York uh, sorry New Jersey same e thing easy mistake same, mate. Yeah. same place you know they both have new in the title that's why new look technically <laughs> yeah. uh, in the same well, New York well there's easy confusion there because there's obviously New York in New York but there's also Newark in New Jersey so you just, it's easy to make Newark, New York. And then of course, it sounds like a tongue twister. Newark Northgate, mm. where, which is obviously in uh, Lincolnshire. Well, sorry, yeah. Nottinghamshire. Yeah. yeah, you know, so there's a lot of confusion here. It could be any of them, you know? Yeah. All right, so in regards to the whole Superstorm Sandy stuff that was going on here, essentially they had decided WrestleMania was going to be on in this area. 
Superstorm Sandy or Hurricane Sandy hit in like October, so this is like April slash March afterwards. Six months later, roughly speaking. So they were hit really, really, really bad by it. Like so bad that you think that Chris Christie might have a word in Donald Trump's ear about the whole global warming and chaotic weather events. But whatever, it's okay. You're mixing up climate and weather. It doesn't make any difference. It was really fucking weird to see Chris Christie. Like he's featured here quite a few times Mm. tonight. Very strange start to proceedings. So, New York is definitely New Jersey tonight, and they will have several promo packages and little videos to convince you of this fact. It's kind of a slow, <laughs> Darren brain, break you down over the, <laughs> over the four hours, like, you know. Madison Square Garden, uh, MetLife Stadium, pretty much. Same place. Same thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so disappointing they couldn't get MSG for this. The whole, like, we're coming home, this is back where WWE first started, this is our home turf. MetLife. Yeah. Like, when were they there? Ne- that- never. MetLife Stadium was a relatively new stadium. It's, it's, just not, it's not a homecoming. Like, they are so desperate for you to think it is. It's just not a homecoming. What they said was, WWE's home is the metropolitan area. Yeah. It was, I believe, I think it still is, the New York Giants home ground. Oh, right. really? The New York Giants, cool. who are from New Jersey. What? Because <laughs> there's the New York Jets, who are from New York, and then there's the New York Giants, who are from New Jersey. And where were the New York Hitmen based? <laughs> I don't know. The Glasgow Diamonds? <laughs> they come from they, Glasgow. They come from Glasgow. I think uh, they were like based in a Greggs. I think they were here to play football. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he lived in that bus. <laughs> This was really strange because I actually went to the point where I went onto Google Maps. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> Michael Cole went and we're in the shadow of the Empire State Building. And I went, all right, hang on a second. <laughs> MSG is in the shadow of the Empire State yeah. Building. It's a 45 minute drive <laughs> and there are tolls on the road. So that's not yeah. in the shadow of. You have to cross a fucking bridge. That's like saying that we're in the, we're in the shadow of Bolton. We're not. We're, we're a drive. That's a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's a fair ways away. Yeah. I will say the one thing about Governor Chris Christie and looking at that big old long ramp and knowing his history, I was very concerned with the wrestlers coming out tonight that they'll get held up by some sort of bridge gate. <laughs> you know, undertakers make its way to the ring. Sorry, there's construction on here. Who knows? It could be anything. Who knows why it's there? What a terrible decision, though, in terms of a place to have a WrestleMania at that time of year you're talking about April, March in the New York, New Jersey area mm. where it's not exactly very warm. You have got a very overcast sky. One of the first signs I saw when they started rolling over the crowd was, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. Did he write that? that there and then? Or did he, was like, was that <laughs> on the foresight on that sign? Yeah, he was, like, was thinking, oh, they're doing it in New York. Oh, well, I know I'm going to be cold. I may as well take my sign. Like, it's so funny because like, everyone was paranoid about this in the build up to it they were like it's gonna be cold like at one point there was snow forecast <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine a snowy Wrestlemania I would love that that, that would, would be, be fucking really amazing interesting seven hours in the snow yeah, you people, die people slipping down the ramp on the way to the ring <laughs> wait a minute Miz he put a stone in that snowball <laughs> that son of a bitch speaking of signs we had two that I immediately got drawn to one was uh, I'm only here to see Antonio Cesaro He's hey. not booked tonight. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, that guy is and the other sign is a sign that I mentioned to both of you in passing, which I can pinpoint to the northwest of England, to either the cities of Manchester or Liverpool. Right. Is a sign that says Purple Aki. 
I don't oh know if shit! Purple Aki sign. I've heard r- rumblings about this. I saw that sign, and you know what? That sign, not only on this WrestleMania, a number of other WrestleManias and big events, it's always shown up. But on this WrestleMania, I swear the guy there's was passing mo- the sign around because there's it was multiple there. Purple Aki signs. What is it, Billy? We're, we're getting into sort of grim territory here, but I uh. think it's in, I think it's important to know that somebody came from all the way from the northwest of England to New York, New Jersey, same diff, and brought this sign. Purple Aki is a is he sort of like the boogeyman of the Northwest, he's a se- <laughs> he's a sexual offender who, who is known oh, as the man who squeezes muscles. And what Wait, he would is, do- it, is this an, a legend or is this a real? No, person? this is real. This, okay. is, this is a shoot. Did you listen to this? Uh, did you get like one of them magazines that you get to put in a file of facts with all the case files? <laughs> 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 and what he would do is he would approach muscular sort of teenagers and young men and would ask to feel their muscles to the point where he is banned from touching muscles. In the Greater Manchester area, tendons and bones, he's all right with though. Apparently so. He would <laughs> hang around gyms. He would follow people around and stalk them. He is alleged, I will say, alleged to have caused the death of a young man who ran onto some train tracks after having a run-in with him. And he uh, he used to do a thing where he would ask people to do piggyback upside down piggyback squats. He would lie front down on their back with his head down towards their ass and his penis up towards their shoulders and ask them to do squats with him on top of them. Why? And yeah, there's several signs throughout this. There's multiple people with purple Aki signs and so, it continues. Oh, purple Aki, is that like oh, something from like the eighties or the seventies? No, no, this is this is now. This is now. Oh. This is This like, is now this is, this is like 2005 onwards. You know, I genuinely thought it was, because I've seen Purple Aki signs loads, like, before. I genuinely thought it was, you know, in WrestleMania 2000, one of the default character presets is AKI Man. Right. It's, it's the guy in a superhero suit. I thought it was, like, a purple, purple, purple version of him. <laughs> no, it's a famous sexual sense. offender from the northwest of England. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Why would you bring that to WrestleMania? <laughs> WrestleMania. I don't know. All the way do across the planet, and you bring that with you. Like, Let's represent our country here, lads. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they made it like in the hotel, or they made it beforehand and rolled it up in a tube and took it on the plane? But like the thing is, no one in the States is going to get that sign. No. So what you're doing is making people Google it. <laughs> yeah. And if you Google Purple Aki, the first thing that comes up is WrestleMania 29. Really? Yeah. What? Like in, in like the, in, in the search, you get WrestleMania 29 and the man who squeezes muscles because that was the name of a BBC Three documentary that was made. All right, because I was just interested there the way you were saying that. Like, oh, now if you Google him, WrestleMania comes up like if it was like a Freddy Krueger type situation, <laughs> <laughs> like he gets his power from uh, search optimization and SEO, like and <laughs> alas, not. It was a pretty mere opening package overall, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so, I distinctly remember, and I think it was because of Rumble and Elimination Chamber not being excited for this WrestleMania. This was very much like the first Christmas after, you know, Santa Claus breaking kayfabe and finding out he's not real. Yeah. Very much that vibe to this. It's kind of like, we know how the sausages are being made and we don't like it, not one bit. Stirring things off, it's another all-star team, but it's kind of like a slightly less good all-star <laughs> yeah, team. It is. It's like all-star 2.0. All-stars B team. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Taking on the Shields in our opening contest, it's Shamo, Rando, and Big Show. Taking on Dean, Seth, and Roman Reigns. 
I like when Show and Randy Orton came out all sassy at the start. He knows Randy Orton when he does his kind of, I'm really dead inside, but I'm really sassy. He kind of, he moves his shoulders. Yeah. It comes out, like, oh, Randy looks like he's really phoned in. Come on. <laughs> Wobble his shoulders back and forth. Like, oh, Randy's into it. It's great. Cole says, can these three men coexist tonight? Genuinely thought he was talking about the commentary team. Like, yeah. Like, he says, can these three coexist tonight? It cuts to him, JBL, and King. Like, hello. <laughs> Cole constantly brings up the 18 seconds from last year with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. And uh, once again, I think we can lay, lay to rest. They did not plan the Daniel Bryan thing Absolutely at not. all. No they matter were, what they say. No, because yeah. a year after, you wouldn't be like, yeah, remember we buried Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Sheamus looked awesome there, right, guys? Cut to a year. Oh, what the fuck is Sheamus and what is Daniel Bryan? Yeah, that's all I'm saying, you know? The veterans control the action in this one. The whole story of this is that Sheamus and Randy Orton have kind of banded together to fight the Shield. And Big Show, it was a heel who's been kind of roped in. And Randy was like, no, we can trust Big Show. And, you know, Sheamus like, oh, I don't know, he's awful big. You know, but they, they bring him into the fold anyway. So they don't tag him the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I know. There's, there's moments, like, where Big Show is reaching his hand out and they'll just tag the other one. And he's literally stood there like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Part of the team, too. He has that real bitter look on his face. Yeah. And that kind of, I'm not going to let you know, but I want you to know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that guy who got beaten by those kids on Robot Wars recently. <laughs> Like, no, it's fine. No, it's all right. No, you don't. It's okay. Big Show strips Dean Ambrose, to which Michael Cole goes, we've never seen this before. Fuck off. Four weeks ago, mate. <laughs> Literally. Come like, on. A million billion chops by the Big Show onto Dean Ambrose, who removes his top fully because it's WrestleMania. Yeah. Fucking Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I don't go online. Sure, Dean. Sure. <laughs> the reason he's not got a Twitter and he's not got a Facebook is because he spends so much time on Tumblr scrolling down to see all the cool yeah. gifts of himself. He the knows top. where his bread's buttered. <laughs> Hot tag to Seamus, who strips sexy Seth Rollins. This is fan service. Yeah. This is Hardy Boys 2001 ripping their tops off for the crowd kind of fan service. Mm. Get the nice roar of the ladies in the in the crowd. I don't know, I just kind of imagine Seth and Dean afterwards being kind of like, oh yeah, you think you've, you've done big stuff here tonight, Randy and Seamus? How will you manage when you take us on in a fulfill your fantasy match? <laughs> All you gotta do is download the app and pick the outfits you want. <laughs> Seamus just needs someone on the side of the head and they immediately, oh, shades of Triple H. Like Triple H there, Seamus, his mentor, Triple H. Just a knee. His mentor, Triple H. And Triple H does not own knees. Oh, lots of people did knees other than mm. Triple H. Did you enjoy the worst camera angle in wrestling history uh, in this match? Which is the uh, the point of view from the turnbuckle shot, watching Randy and um, Seamus trying to tag in when the cameraman's in between them, and you just see them moving forward and backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It's absolutely dreadful. You know how much the crowd were cheering the Shield here? They were yeah. like proper into them. Right? I think they got maybe a few months of them being booed. It was, it was like so quick when they realised, you know, these guys are so much cooler. Than how could you not be into the Shield? Especially after how they've been booked. It's almost like WWE wanted them to turn face. Absolutely. Triple Powerbomb gets set up and gets stopped by the scariest fucking thing ever. Big Show Spear in Roman. Jesus. Yeah. Fucking hell. Big Show begs for the tag, begs for it, and Randy Orton steals it, and then he clears house. Now, I would say for this hot tag, uh, this is, someone has eaten my Nando's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to stand there scowling instead I'm, of doing anything I'm not about upset. It. I'm going to go to the harvester. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> 
Spear to Randy, show does absolutely nothing, sits there and pouts, and the Shield win. Mm. I like the match. I do remember at the time a lot of people being disappointed, hoping that the Shield would get more of a of a showing, like more mm. of a kind of a big outing. I think this being the opening contest struck a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. If we look back now, hindsight being 2020, I think it's the fact that you know, these lads they beat these three big names very, very, you know, definitively. And with quickly. No screwiness whatsoever. Yeah. I think it just goes to show how well the Shield were being booked when at the time we were like, oh, this sucks. The Shield Wasn't are... enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shield being buried, man. It's fucking hell. You'd beg for this kind of thing, yeah. man, you know? All the uh, good guys argue afterwards and show does the worst KO punch yeah. ever. Uh. He doesn't even try. He like kind of points at them with his knuckle. <laughs> now you're dead. Now you're dead. We were kind of hoping that he'd start crying here. Yeah, you know? I thought he I would just do, frustration. But... <laughs> My favorite big show cry moments when he didn't get tagged in. Oh, Matt. <laughs> right, and we got our first of several, several, several promo packages for the main event tonight. Last year at WrestleMania, I told every single person who would listen that I needed to win that match. Rock bottom, The Rock has beaten John Cena! And I failed. You don't know what that does to a man, Rock. It makes you feel worthless. One of these days the sky's gonna break and everything will escape and I'll know you were responsible for my collapse. One of these days the mountains are gonna fall into the sea and they'll know. My once in a lifetime moment stolen. A year of my existence destroyed. Never fall away. That mat sent my life into a tailspin, both professionally and personally, because I could not get over my obsession with the fact that I failed. Absolute bullshit. John Cena versus The Rock one more time, once more with feeling. We might as well mention this now. Twice in a lifetime, right? I mean, you actually thought that that was yeah. the tagline. That's how... I think Squared Circle actually did it. They, they sure. really fucking capitalised on that. They made this amazing t-shirt of it. It sold out, like, instantly. Do you think... Because, I, I mean, they had to have done all along that they were going to do... At least two matches. Yeah, definitely, I think so. Why do once in a lifetime then? Marketing. I think we talked about this before. It's as much as I disagree with it, and as much as I hate that it turned into a twice in a lifetime affair, it was really fucking clever to do it as a once, like once in a lifetime. Yeah. This is the only chance you'll see. You've got to buy this WrestleMania because you won't see it next year. Like it, it drove the figures up for sure. Putting that bill on it. Yeah, like, I don't know because it's like. When they were doing the build-up to this, they they tried to explain this. Like, John was like, yeah, a lot of people are upset that we said once a lifetime. Because we all thought it would be once a lifetime. Because we thought The Rock would go back to Hollywood after yeah. he you know, beat me in his hometown. And it's kind of like, alright, I, I get that and all. But it feels like, especially because we've got so many of these video packages tonight. Like, they know that it's not good enough. And they're trying to prop it up. Yeah, definitely <laughs> that. And it, yeah. and it just makes it seem as well as, like, the rest of the event isn't worth anything. Yeah, of course. They're like... Some some of these other matches don't get packages. They just get like fucking 
here's a clip from SmackDown last week. Yeah. But John Cena but and here's, The Rock Here's like, eight yeah. promos about, like, here's the Rock side of the story. Here's Cena's side of the story. Here's another aspect of the Rock side of the yeah. story. This is a load-bearing video package, I'll say. Yeah. Like, without this thing, the whole structural integrity falls apart. Did you notice the subtle thing they did to try and make it like Cena had the worst year ever? Because mm-hmm. the other thing they were talking about, Cena had, oh, this was his, his nightmare year because, you know, he won the Royal Rumble and, you know, was in loads of main events. And, he uh, beat Brock Lesnar. He Brock Lesnar <laughs> in Brock's first match back. Like, you know, awful year. Terrible. I think the reason they always tried to say that it was bad was because he lost to Big Johnny in, uh, mm. if you remember that. Yeah. Oh. He lost to Big Johnny because of the Big Show turning turning heel. Rossa. Never would have seen that one coming no. up from a mile away. And of course, he lost to Dolph Ziggler as well, a TLC as well. Fucking hell. All, all times where he lost in the most protected ways possible. Yeah. But he still did have a couple of losses. But the little something they did here, they said, Rock, after you beat me, my life went into a complete downward spiral that I couldn't get up from. And then they showed little TMZ headlines implying that The Rock beating John Cena caused John's divorce. Infidelity. Yeah. That's, that's interesting now about this whole thing because the best I could could manage, and I tried to research this as much as one man can without completely fucking up his search engine with John Cena divorce wife details. <laughs> Who is John Cena's ex wife? Like, but from what I can gather, they were high school sweethearts, you know, had been going out from way, way back in the day. Mm. They got married in 2009 and 2012 divorce and it was like she was never heard from again essentially like it was very very quiet very very hush hush other than Cena sing like I think when Cena was filming like the Marine or something like that or one of his movies he like was briefly interviewed and he was like oh I'm getting married this year but that's actually the only time he may ever made any mention of having a wife having a partner marriage anything like that mm. he's intensely private about the whole thing the rumor is there was infidelity, as you said, Billy. The rumor is is that he slept with some of the female wrestlers. Total rumor, by the way. They he slept with female wrestlers. His wife found out, was unhappy, and then she had signed a prenuptial agreement. But they kind of had some sort of settlement. She was never heard from again. But apparently, neither side, as part of that agreement, says anything about it. So hush, hush. I don't know. I think it was a Kenny Dykstra was someone who came out with all the stuff saying that oh Cena's a shithead and all this stuff. There was I think it was like Mickey James or someone like that Mm. was the rumor. But I'll be honest, dead impressed that it managed to keep so quiet all of this. Well, it got the head of the company like yeah. This year, this year's WrestleMania when he proposed to Nikki. Just talking about this now is the first time I've actually remembered that John even has been married in the mm. past because they did sort of a really good job of being like he's the kind of guy who doesn't want to be married like he's John Cena. <laughs> Three years, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they really swept that under the rug very well. As a result of that, I was so surprised to see them use the headlines yeah. here and like they really applied that. John didn't say it, but he's like, "You rock my life here was a living nightmare." It's like John Cena files for divorce. Like, <laughs> I mean. Is that what's going to happen every time John's going to lose a match? That's why he's probably left now after his recent WrestleMania. Like, loses a match. It's it's kind so of, sour, like... Sorry, Nikki. AJ Styles beat me. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. I liked the video package. Like, I did like that they... It was Retcon City. Like, them really trying to reframe this and put it in new context. 
It's a shame the match isn't literally for another three hours and 15 minutes. I know, yeah. I, I hate that it's bled into the rest of the show. Like, it's bad enough that we're getting it as our main event and that people have lost out because of this match. Yeah. Don't fucking poison the rest of your show with this. Like, Mark Henry and Ryback are going to have to do a match now after having just had a package, <laughs> package setting up the main event for three hours' time. Like, it's not fair. you got to think when Mark Henry's coming out here, will John Cena's divorce play into his match? And I'd like, you know... I'm so upset about that, what For, happened. Former <laughs> Nation Domination member Mark Henry, you know, they're tight like that. He could have been like, yo, Rock... Make him divorce his wife. <laughs> I got you, Mark. High five. Like, you know, Dilo's there whipping his head, agreeing. Right, they cut back. I think the, the mask slips for a little second there, the whole New York mask. And they go, we're somewhere in the swamps of New Jersey. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> the swamps. <laughs> we're somewhere in the muck and mire. We're somewhere in the Dagobah system. <laughs> <laughs> if you be quiet and listen out for a second, you can hear R2-D2 go, yeah! <laughs> Company Chris Christie is just going to come out, use the force, and make the X-Wing come out of the swamp and put it on the bridge. <laughs> Coming up oh. next, Ryback taking on Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. This was a match which I remember being really jazzed for at the time. Yeah. Because we talked about you know, last month how Ryback, you know, a lot of the air has been let out of the balloon I guess there's been kind of a bit mishandling of his character he's very much damaged goods and it was like what what could Ryback do to really give him a boost you'd be a big killer heel at Wrestlemania mm. a big feat of strength holy shit Ryback rules right I mean that's what this all was in our mind because Mark Henry was put over so strong in the chamber and all the stuff after this like they really were making out that Henry was a killer he was laying guys out they did a thing where he had to sign an agreement where him and Ryback couldn't touch each other. That's how dangerous the general managers viewed the situation. They did a thing where like Ryback was doing like a he said the, the bench press was saying the Mark Henry like literally tried to murder him. I didn't touch him. I touched the bar. <laughs> they say that in court like damn it. <laughs> he didn't touch him. He just touched the gun that killed him. We should put the gun in prison. <laughs> I uh, came up for a new name for Ryback based purely on his singlet. Which is HR Gygak. <laughs> <laughs> Gygak. He's a very phallic wrestler, he says. <laughs> you referred to once as being a load of cannonballs or something. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a, a big, like a little bit of skin that you've stretched over a pile of cannonballs, draw a little beard on it. Ryback rules. Yeah, we were so obsessed with Ryback. This was reaching the peak of our obsession with him. I think it's when he turned heel was when that turned when into When he turns a... heel and he becomes all about bullies and pouring bullies, soup on people. Mate. Say it right, bullies. Bullies. I mean, that's the one shame about ending this, you know, season here. It was that I was really excited you know, for him. some Ryback. The Ryback, Ryback era. Do you remember the time when Ryback came out and made event four times just going, ha ha ha, and doing yeah. pantomime <laughs> Walking keyboard. around the Ring like Ryback. Justin Gabrielson character ever matches his big giant man pretending to type a keyboard laughing. <laughs> Deleting his Twitter every five minutes. Like. Broken Ryback. Oh, I, I forgot about that. It was like he was losing his mind. Genuinely, Each tweet, yeah. delete, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryback was. I mean, I remember at the time kind of going, is this like him just playing up a character or is he a bit like fucking far gone here? And I thought he was going to get fired. Like, I genuinely thought he was just going into business for himself. Like, I genuinely thought he would just walk out during someone else's match. 
Like not without, like without being told so, to. Like he Scott Steinberg. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was too scary. Can you go tell Ryback stuff coming out? I don't know. His tiger is there. He's like, <laughs> pick it up. But like, I mean, Ryback was just the problem with him always. And I from listening to his podcast, this really just seems to be the thing at Ryback. He had a top guy mentality. If you listen to the way he talks, he's like, you know, Vince was telling me I was going to get him a big push or, you know, Triple H, you know, he was holding me down. Like, it was all this kind of like, he was chatting like he was like a John Cena or a Randy Orton or even a Sheamus. Like, I've been here for years. Guys man. like us, man, yeah. And you're not, like, he was not that. He At one point, he had the potential, but he was never that top guy. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. And any time he had that chance... Like the Royal Rumble, you fucked it up, rubbish. Like, you know, lots of spit from Ryback here. You know, he's a very spitty man. And when I started watching this match, I was thinking, right, I'm gonna hold this up to the same standard of Mark Henry versus The Big Show. Yes, yeah, very I fair. think that's, that's very fair. That's as fair as it can be, like because yeah. Ryback is booked better than The Big Show. The Big Show was The Big Show. The Big Show. <laughs> what am I saying? The Big Show's big shoes. I'd, I'd say at this time he's been booked better than The Big Show. He's yeah, got more I'd of definitely. a push. He's got. He's more over. I mean, because he's got the chance at least. He's a lot younger. Yeah. He's brand new. He should be able to move about a bit. He's stronger than the Big Show. Yeah. He's legitimately very strong as well. You yeah. know, Henry overpowers Ryan Ryback Reeves for the majority of this one. Yeah. Mild sexual chocolate chance as Mark Henry does a series of like headlocks and. Just clubbing blows and... Yeah. Just picking him up, throwing him out the ring. But it's fine, because it is, like like you say, Mark Henry's been made to look like a monster over the last few weeks. So obviously he's going to batter Ryback yeah. down for a while, and then eventually Ryback will make his big comeback and kill him. One, two, three. It's, it's a classic WrestleMania match. Ryback starts his comeback. Like literally Here we go. one yeah. or two moves. Picks up for the shell-shocked. Huge pop. Mark Henry squashes him and falls. One, two, three. Mark wins. Ah. Ah. <laughs> so, what was genuinely was the point of this to bring Ryback down a few pegs? The point of this was to set up a Ryback heel turn. Right. Pretty much. I think they but decided by Elimination Chamber, I think, then this is where they were going. Could you not have him turn heel but also still win? Like, you could definitely do that. You don't have to make him lose to Mark Henry. I mean, I guess they, they could have the, the viewpoint that if you do this, it means that you've got Ryback with a reason to turn heel on Cena, so you've got a top heel for Raw, and then you've got a top heel with Mark Henry for SmackDown. But unfortunately, what happens in this is you get a really weird heel turn from Ryback. Like, coming out in a fucking ambulance, laughing yeah. all the time. What yeah. the fuck is he going on about? And then Mark Henry... Like, you know, he's got the salmon blazer later on, but he doesn't really have, like, huge, big... He does nothing up until that point. He yeah. just, like, mm. with the salmon blazer, he just says, I've got a big announcement to make. We all not assumed, being seen, yeah. Having not been seen for a few months. We all assumed he was retiring, like. Yeah. And I think maybe that could have played into it as well. Like, oh, this could be Mark's last WrestleMania moment. And this is actually, I think, Mark Henry's only, like, singles victory at a WrestleMania. Jesus. So... What a fucking weird match, yeah. like. Yeah, really strange. And it was also a part of me that thought, like, maybe Henry does not want to take the shell shock bump, so he had to win, because he doesn't want to do that. But then right away after the match, Ryback picks him up, gives him the shell shock. 
Squashy I fucking one. hate that. That's the that's the TNA 2010 booking. Jeez, yeah. I shouldn't say that too quickly. You never know what could happen. But it's like <laughs> the TNA fucking 2010 booking, which is you and me have a fucking two minute match. You beat me completely resolutely, like absolutely no question. You have beaten me. Then yeah. I get up, hit you with my finisher, and I'm like, who's the real winner now, brother? And I fucking yeah. hate that. It's so lazy. It's literally trying to have your cake and eat it. This did no one any favors, and I think this is definitely was the end of Ryback because they tried to turn him back face and he never ever was coming close to it he was actually more entertaining in Rybacksel I think than any other point (laughs) after this oh great they go to ringside where they play with them fucking shy toys JBL just punching the Ray one repeatedly (laughs) all he can talk about is I wish I could do this to the real Ray I believe you JBL I believe you guys they play themselves so you don't even have to play them more time to commentate on the big show more time to download the WWE app both of you guys wouldn't know this okay but any listeners from Ireland back home these three guys here um, this is basically the Late Late Toy Show you see Adam and Billy back home on our own we've got this thing called the Late Late Toy Show when I was growing up would be uh, this old man called Pat Kenny who kind of hated children like really just oh despise them every year he was made to play with a load of toys uh, <laughs> with these children on camera and he flipping hated it that's what this was like so you know you can google that at home if you Such want a weird to. place like <laughs> <laughs> making old men play with toys <laughs> do it <laughs> out comes Governor Chris Christie oh now as corrupt Governor Chris Christie's the only man who gets a nice big schnazzy Yanzi tonight. Nice warm jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. Where's our jumper? Yeah. Okay, come out and do a spot with these Special Olympics athletes. It's the first of many spots tonight where WWE are really flexing the uh, kind of philanthropy muscle. Yeah. You know, they're really like putting over or charitable works or good deeds or partnerships etc etc is that so people forget it's a shit Wrestlemania yeah well don't forget like they don't they can't just, hate on us they don't just come out they actually have like a big five minute package oh yeah Special Olympics too like it does feel less like a Wrestlemania and more like a conference like they are just showing off all their accolades and you'll have Vince come out to talk about the figures next like tell you how much money they've made in the last year it's getting mixed up on the conference call like at Wrestlemania or something <laughs> but I mean like I can understand why they're doing that and this was very much the start of them like trying to get you know they got a lot of mainstream attention with bringing The Rock back I think they were really trying to shine up the old image mm. of like look this is we're a modern company you know we do all these amazing things I will admit like a vast majority of this is kind of just them you know I mean you know, I, we always talk about the Be A Star campaign you know, how mm. fucking silly it is and hypocritical it is oftentimes I do think a lot of the stuff they're doing here tonight, it's not like them being great guys. I do think it's them just trying to look, we're, we're better, we're nice. You oh, can yeah, sponsor of course. Us, Pat you themselves know? on I, the back. I love the Make-A-Wish stuff they do. I think that's why one of the best things WWE does for charity is the Make-A-Wish stuff. It's fantastic, but you shouldn't come out of WrestleMania and spend 10 minutes saying, look how fucking good we are at doing this. Like, do it, but don't spend ages fucking bragging about it at the same time. Coming up next, we've got nothing for these four blokes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston, their first time teaming together, I might add, mm. challenging for the tag team championships against Team Heck Nah. It's uh, Adam Biblo taking us through this big match. 
Yep. There's, some, there's <laughs> something about it, like, when it was Dolph, Biggie, and AJ as, like, a sort of a weird little gang, I kind of like that. But when you make it into a tag team of Dolph and Biggie, it immediately was like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like, what the fuck are these two doing together anyway, now I think about it? That's very strange pairing. But, yeah, but not even in, like, the Team Hell No kind of strange way. Like, this is just sort of like, what are you lads up to? This Is this, like, a SmackDown tag match? I don't like, like when someone's bodyguard is their tag partner. Yeah. That kind of, like... Doesn't, that's not how it should work. It doesn't no. click to me. It's like when CM Punk teamed with Mason Ryan. Ugh. I did like just no. I don't want that. I don't want to see you wrestle like that. But what if Mason Ryan broke him in half? <laughs> <laughs> so we get Brian and Dolph starting things off. Dolph is bright red. He is like a big tomato of a man. Like there's there's tan, and then there is just like all the blood is rushed to the surface of your skin, and you're gonna burst. Like literally, even with his hair as well, you just paint like the little bit of the stem with the smarter white. And that is, <laughs> that is it. Yeah, Tom comes out and he's got his giant jacket that says like, "I'm going to steal the show and have the best match tonight," or whatever it is. It says you always get the sense of Dolph Ziggler. He's like the kid who goes to the fair, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna ride the Ferris wheel. I'm gonna eat all the cotton candy." You're not gonna be able to do it all. No, nah, you're not gonna have time. But look at his gumption, hey! I bet you'll try. Bless him. Uh, we get Dolph and AJ doing the 18 seconds kiss from last year. So Love that. Yeah, they go Love for a kiss. That. And Brian fucking kicks his head off straight <laughs> away. That's the great, like, in such a small match to be able to do some of those little referentials out. That was so cool. I like it. Dolph selling as well. Yeah. For those kicks is incredible. Really, really great. I mean, Dolph and Brian... These two wrestled like four or five times before WrestleMania. And I think one of the reasons this match ended up happening was that, like, it'd see on Raw and SmackDown, it would seem half the time they'd be like, oh, fuck, just put Brian and Ziggler out, have a match. And they'd wrestle for yeah. like 15, 20 minutes. And I think it was just they had such great matches. Yeah. They had nothing for these four guys. It's like, fuck it, put them in there. Because yeah. we know that Ziggler and Brian can go at least and they're comfortable mm. wrestling each other. Kane and Biggie can just stand at the side doing <laughs> hot dogging it up. We get an attempted no lock and Ziggler escapes to the ring. Brian gives him a big old suicide dive. Goes back into the ring and does the uh, the kicks to the chest, the big no kicks. Tag make to Big E and at the same time Brian goes and tags in Kane and we get like a big old sort of stare down like I'm the big bull of this match. No, I'm the big bull of this. I'm the big bull in this here china shop they straight away lock horns and Big E gives Kane one of those big backbreaker combos he does with the <laughs> you know where he's walking around like sort of chucking and that. driving with the knees oh it's sore looking you know who does the best one of those and you wouldn't you wouldn't think it Titus O'Neil does a great yeah, one of those he's great especially when he chucks them afterwards because yeah, they go yeah. fucking flying he, once he did it he picks up and he goes millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. of Titus you need to be doing that if you want the Titus brand to get yeah. over buddy like. he's got a little glimmers of hope there mate Kane with a big 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 boot to the face of Big E and he does a big <laughs> at the same time has Kane gotten gruntier since we've returned from the Attitude Era yes and this is something I was thinking on the other day like as you do when you fall asleep thinking about grunts I was thinking like <laughs> I was in my special grunt room <laughs> it, was, it was something you said way 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 back on the podcast and the more I've thought about it the more it's definitely true the best grunts are the ones that are done out of necessity like yeah. it's not like I'm making a big noise for effect it's like Kane's trying to lift Big E and he's like like those are the best grunts the load bearing grunts totally yeah. Yeah. that's why Taker is probably my favourite grunter it's, of all time it's now. Shoot it's grunts, like, not work grunts. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if and, those grunts don't come out, that move ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> and like the older a guy gets, the grunter he is. That's why I'm kind of sad that Taker has hung up his gloves now. Because even though the match quality is going up down, his grunts, the like. grunts are getting better and better. So yeah. Hopefully he'll carry on weightlifting in his spare time now. He can get some more of those. <laughs> there it is. There it is. 
Biggie and Dolph work over Kane, keeping him from tagging Daniel Bryan, and we get a fucking piss poor fame asser to Kane. Oh my god, it's the worst fame asser <laughs> I've ever seen. He just fucking rolls over his head, like, just like slides his ass a- on the back again, of his head. Again, like, could have been saved by directing. You shouldn't have to save something like a fame asser, you should be able to yeah. get that right every time. Kane's so big! Yeah. How can you not get anywhere near Kane? I know. You completely whip it. It takes skill of a man like Billy Gunn to pull off a famous hero, I guess, <laughs> is, the, is the moral of the story. Uh, Kane goes for a pin, but Big E breaks it up with the biggest splash. Like, he just runs over and then goes, <laughs> like, squashes him to break I it. I love Big E. You know, I, we haven't really had a chance to talk about, like, how great Big E is because it's the first time he's wrestling. Mm. He looks like a cartoon character wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Warner Brothers old car, like the big fucking ridiculous chest of like, tree when, when they, they blow into their thumb and go like, and just yeah. inflate themselves. And like. I just love the way Big E, like he does, like he does the run against the ropes, and he does a big stupidly high jump. Yeah, and all that. I fucking love Big he E. He can do it. It's just when they do like confusing things, like last month at Elimination Chamber, where he just clobbers Kofi Kingston for ages. It's like, who is this fella? But like, once they figure out his character, he's actually going to do something. Like. I think they never figured out Big E, and I still yeah. think at the moment with Big E. New Day, a lot of it seems like, like, look, you guys know what you're doing, you just go do that. Leave you to you it. You know, we'll, we'll tell you what not to do, I guess, but as mm. opposed to what to do. But do you know the discussion was at this time about who the next guy is going to be? Who's going to be Big E? It was Big E or Roman Reigns. That was the shortlist. Those were the two nice. guys that Vince had his eye on developmental, and those were the two guys that they foresaw being the top guy in the company. So, I'm not sure at this point if it was like, no, it's definitely going to be Roman, not Big E. Mm. But there was a point when there was both of those guys were under serious consideration. And I would argue there was definitely a point where Big E seemed like the more yeah, obvious yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah you go with him. Particularly when you have like Roman Reigns in a suit in NXT going, hi, I'm Roman Reigns. They made me wear this. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I even got a note to go home. <laughs> and Big E was in NXT being really entertaining. Yeah. It seemed like he was the obvious choice. But like Big E as well, like he can do the stuff that Roman can't do it in respect to doing both comedy and being serious. That's yeah. true. Like, Big E talking about stage, not wanting to be interviewed because he's eating kielbasa. <laughs> and then, like, he can do the serious stuff like he's doing here. Roman couldn't do that. Roman yeah. can't do the funny. But I think they could never figure out Big E. Because no. if you know it's here with Big E, he does, he does this, and then he randomly splits off from Ziggler, and it's him and AJ for a bit, and then they randomly have him become this fiery baby face. Remember when he did the thing with the, the flag and he was like talking like a preacher? Oh God, yeah. Is was, that around the time of his Intercontinental? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They randomly, like even though he's Intercontinental Champion, he wasn't getting like booked and stuff no. like that. And they were like, look, you wave a flag and talk like a preacher. And he's like, an America. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I really felt like when Roman, they were able to visualize him you know, in five years' time, holding a belt and like yeah. what his character was and how he'd be come off with Big E. I don't think they ever figured that out, and that's a shame because I think that Big E probably uh, on a base level. I mean, Roman's gotten fantastic, but I think on a base level, Big E had more going for him. I think yes, yeah, he de- definitely. Charisma. He's got that level of talent. I am glad they didn't give him the Roman Reigns treatment because, as great as Reigns is as a performer. It was clearly their handling of it that made him so unpopular, and I would hate to see that happen to Big E. Yeah, I let's see Big E handle fan hate like that. Though, remember the Rumble when everyone was booing everyone coming out, and like Big E came out, which is when the New Day were lame, and they booed and went "fuck you too, Billy." (laughs) 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 As much as I love the New Day, Big E is the one member of it that I really hope 
comes out of New Day and does have something to do afterwards. He, like, he's going to be when they break up. He's going to be the one who's going to turn heel and destroy the two of them. I, I hope so. so. Yeah. It's going to be really Biggie. It's so, going to be yeah. Kofi and Xavier versus Biggie. We get a zigzag to Kane and only a two count to which AJ fucking freaks out like she's like, <laughs> like screaming and she immediately grabs the briefcase and throws it to Dolph. Oh, I love Ziggler's briefcase. How yeah. fucking banged up it was. Ruined it. Brilliant. Mate. Dolph misses with the briefcase shot. Get a big old choke slam. Followed up straight away by a flying headbutt. One, two, three. That was such a strangely decisive win. Team Hello never won like that. Straight up. And this was, I'd say, the first match where we had entirely bell-to-bell, no hell, no antics of, like, not even a little bit of, like, her geared out or them arguing over anything. They it was one. straight up tag team. And WrestleMania, they both got getting your game. That's it, literally it. Yeah, they both hit their finishers, they both win, and that's it. End of that. I think this is around the time where they had this thing in their heads about you know, I have to have a WrestleMania moment because they go with the Shield. They talked so much like, oh, you know, the NWO and the Horsemen and the Freebirds. Mm-hmm. They never got to have a victory as a team at WrestleMania, and then here you've got Team Hell No in a match which seems like like it was literally thrown together like a week or two beforehand. Yeah, you can tell. And it really feels like they did that so they can go and Team Hell No had a victory at WrestleMania. Like that's like kind of a special. It was more about that and the picture afterwards than yeah. anything else. I fucking love Team Hell No. I know we said every episode yeah. in this return, but absolutely brilliant. I mean, once again, shadowing the X-Pac Kane storyline in that they basically did the whole breakup thing and then went back on it. They yeah. did that here as well. Yeah, they're totally fine now. You know, and they're total mates and buds here again. So, I don't know, are we happier to see this? Would you like to see Kane and Brian WrestleMania? That's something you talked about last episode. You know what? As weird as it is, it was actually nice to see Team Hell No stand on their own feet and do a whole match without having to rely on any of the gimmicks yeah. and sort of like, no, and like falling out or anything like that. They did just prove that they can be a straight-up tag team as well. And they had really great chemistry. And that's not what we fell in love with. It obviously is the comedy and everything. Mm. But it is good to know that they can just have a match at WrestleMania and Absolutely. win the belts. Like and Brian is a fucking phenomenal wrestler and that comes off like every single time. Every time. We might as well talk about it as well because it's one of my favourite moments in wrestling. But also it's one of those real bittersweet moments. You know, we talked about, look at the positioning here of Ziggler. Ziggler claimed he was going to cash in. You know, tonight at WrestleMania, that was just, he kept saying that since he won the damn thing back in July, every m- month, every week, he was like, ah, WrestleMania, I'm going to cash this in, I'm going to be the main event. He said at Rumble. And here we see Ziggler in a much more reduced role and at Elimination Chamber. The night after this, though, he does finally cash in mm-hmm. and he wins the World Heavyweight Championship in a moment which I watched it again and it still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. The pop. The pop, the uh, pure emotion coming out of Ziggler. But of course, what's always sad about watching that is like, you see that and then it's like, yeah, but the next week he got a fucking concussion from Swagger and Uh got the belt taken from him and never got it back. And Ziggler is someone who's never, ever, ever, ever reached the height he's meant to have, I think. No. It's the total Zack Ryder winning the ladder match at WrestleMania. Like, you've had your moment, be happy about having that moment because you're never getting a moment like that ever again. (laughs) And it's really upsetting because, like, I want to be like at least happy that well, at least he did reach that point, but he never managed to follow up on it in any way. It's funny, like, what a strong moment like that can do to you in terms of your perception of a wrestler. Because I've always found myself on how to wrestling. I review all the current pay per views with Joe, who's never seen wrestling before, starting the podcast, and I'm always finding myself as like a Ziggler apologist or a mm-hmm. Ziggler defender. Like, no, he's great. He's awesome. He's so good. Whereas on the roster now, you've literally got. 20 guys who can do what Ziggler does yeah. easily better 
yeah. they're younger and they're probably half the price. Yeah. So I kind of find myself often going, oh, Jesus, like, you know, but Ziggler, the, and I, after WrestleMania, you have to remind me, it's like four years yeah, ago now. It's gone. We boy. did we did get that amazing match, though, with the double turn of Del Rio, though, shortly after this. That's true. Back, That's true. That's true. Which is in one of my favourite matches of all time, purely for that double turn. It kind of feels, though, like that the story of Ziggler's career after this was, if there were great moments, it felt like they were at the expense of Dolph Ziggler yeah. in, in the bigger picture. Like, great for that moment there, awesome, but in the bigger picture, actually, no, it doesn't yeah. work out for Him you. Him being the sole survivor at that, that year's Survivor Series, when yeah. he killed the authority. And Sting. And Sting yeah. helped him. And then literally a week later, it was like, nice one, Dolph. Roman's back. Go on your way. <laughs> back down the card you go. Like. Feel bad for the guy. Yeah. yeah. Fandango taking on Chris Jericho. Right after a five-minute make-a-wish package as well. Don't forget that. Oh, Corporate WrestleMania. Hell yeah. We've got no backstage segments tonight. No, nope, not enough time for those because we've got too many of these packages to get through. Like. It seems like there's kind of a few different types of WrestleManias you can have. You can have the 27 WrestleMania where it's backstage segments, celebrities, loads mm. of ass. You can have this type of WrestleMania where it's very PR. Or a most recent WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33, where it felt like it was just all wrestling. Just yeah, matches. It was just, just about, all about the wrestling. Yeah. Which way would you like it? Because um, I find myself, in spite of myself, wanting a few backstage segments. You need them. You do One need or two. Actually make them good. Yeah. Yeah, put effort into them. Or it doesn't even have to be necessarily anything special. I don't like... want no deadliest catch, Mick Foley and Santino having a crab leg eating competition. No, that is the wrong end of the spectrum. But you look at like the best WrestleMania ever, 17, and you know, you've got a couple of backstage segments. It's just like Vince McMahon going like, you aren't shocking. Like there's nothing special about them. But it, I know what you mean, Kevin. Mm. It does break up the in-ring a little bit. Like. Just little ones. Like, you know when we had, like, Rocket Austin just, like, see cross paths? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, because they're all back. All the lads are backstage. Like, just, I don't know, something. A little bit here and there. It just felt this was a very weird... Like, if you were showing this resume to someone who'd never seen wrestling before... You'd be like, it's not normally like this. There's yeah. normally other bits as well. Yeah. Because this isn't what wrestling is normally like, you know, in many ways. Okay. Coming up next in a I'm not happy about this rules match, Chris Jericho taking on the debuting Fandango. Fandango. You gotta say it right, mate, or he's not gonna come on the podcast. Fandango, Maggle. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Fandango. I love Fandango. Care. Yeah. Like the whole thing. The reason why he's debuting here tonight at WrestleMania is because every time he was meant to debut before this, he refused to because everyone kept getting his name wrong. Like some match striker would be like, ladies and gentlemen, Fandango. He's like, no, you gotta let the A's breathe. Fandango, don't get hung up on the end. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you can't get my name right, so you're not, you're not gonna see me wrestle. The whole Fandango gimmick, which is a ballroom dancer mixed in with a little bit of good old creepy Johnny Curtis, who is a creep. It was allegedly originally meant to be a rib on Chris Jericho. The whole thing. Really? Yeah, because Jericho did Dancing with the Stars. Oh, for fuck's sake, of course. Oh, yeah. And this here. <laughs> pal, let me tell you. <laughs> you're going to wrestle a, a ballroom dancer. <laughs> I remember reading somewhere as well that Vince put like a lot of stock into Fandango. Like he really was like, for a while... This was going to be like, he's not going to be the guy, obviously, because he can't be with that gimmick. I remember hearing that as well, but then just looking at every single thing about how they handled the Fandango gimmick would tell me that no, he mm. didn't. Because none of this would happen if you had a Vince McMahon believing in the gimmick. Yeah. But I do remember at the time, very specifically, me and you in particular, Kevin, being excited because it's like, 
well, this guy, no matter what happens, he'll be this, like, honky-tonk-man character where we'll always have this crazy sort of, he's a yes. dancer, like, and he'll have that forever, and he'll be a staple of the card now. It's like. pretty much, like, you can guarantee you a gimmick like that if you're remotely entertaining at it. No more than fucking uh, Funkasaurus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one of them put his arse into this gimmick and the other one didn't and one's still with the company and yeah. he, you know, he's not in a great position Fandango in the company no fashion police but he's pretty much got a job there for him he says yeah. I now touch wood he probably gets fucking released like, yeah. but like you can see that, that whole idea that if you're given a gimmick that's good enough and you're talented enough it's so easy to kind of carve your niche and get yeah. really yeah. stuck in there in WWE I always thought that Johnny Curtis had the potential to be a much bigger star than so he much more yeah creepy Curtis his weird gimmick he did in NXT did you ever see any of that no oh man so he was Johnny Curtis in NXT which was just like hey I'm Johnny Curtis I'm R-Truth's rookie and you know he actually had a quite a sad story which is you know his best friend who had died tragically and he's dedicating his career to it and all this stuff so he's just like a regular kind of mm. boots and tights guy in NXT he won NXT season 3 which meant that he was meant to get a tag team title shot with R-Truth which I think only happened like years later in NXT oh. randomly but did you know what they did originally when they debuted him on TV no. his whole thing about like uh, hey I'm Johnny Curtis and uh, you know I'm the winner of NXT season 3 I was meant to get a tag team title shot but it happened oh well and then you get a, a dish and a thing of milk and he pour it and then he'd spill it and then he'd start crying and then he'd pour the milk over himself going because <laughs> he's crying over spilled milk it's like a fucking catchphrase Johnny the idiom Curtis like what's Johnny going chips, on like, Johnny chips it's a gimmick waiting to happen like, don't, tell, don't week, tell him like, that it's raining cats and dogs like you don't want to see what's going to happen it's a buried alive match and he puts one foot into the grave like hey, hey. <laughs> so he went away that gimmick nothing ever came of it he got squashed by like Mark Henry and then he came back as this ballroom dancer gimmick mm. but in NXT he did uh, NXT season 5 the redemption thing and he had some really funny shit there he was just a creep like that was just his character he would wear a leather jacket with no top on underneath and he'd just kind of like walk around scratching his chest and always like creeping on the girls like hey Maxine I was wondering if you want to go I got my van around back if you want to go hang out for a bit oh <laughs> my god he's just this like total freak like and you know he put so much into his character because before he debuted as Fandango he actually was in NXT for like one or two episodes and he had this like halfway between creepy Johnny and Fandango gimmick no like he started having roses and just being a creep and all of a sudden he was Fandango mm. this match though had one thing working against it and there was one person who was not happy about this it was Chris Jericho mm. it's pretty much a chapter in his new book which is dedicated <laughs> to how much he was annoyed that he had to wrestle Fandango he was really cruel about it like really yeah, I mean, because at the start, it's kind of like, you know, like a little gentle Josh and kind of like, you know, oh, you know, Al Snow kind of almost with McFoley's book. And then, like, you kind of get the sense from Rena's like, no, he's really pissed off. And then he's like, yeah, don't fucking waste my time making me come fucking back. Because I think he was, when we talked before, he was meant to do the heel turn, be against Ryback. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with this one. This was probably a weird use of Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah. That being said, we were complaining in 27 and 28 about them not putting over new guys uh-huh. and featuring yeah. new guys yeah. 
that's what they're doing here. It's, yeah, it's it's fine that they're doing it. It's just a strange choice for the new guy. As much as we don't like Ryback, Ryback would have made more sense. Have mm. Jericho put Ryback over or something. Like, you've got all these young guys that you're not utilising properly. It is very strange but that you've you'd got go the silly with comedy character. The ballroom dancer to debut him at WrestleMania. It's just a very unusual choice. And against Chris Jericho as well. That's what's so strange about it. And again, this is something that was like literally two weeks beforehand they threw it together. Because Jericho, they were making it like he was going to be involved with Barrett and Miz in the Intercontinental, yeah. which was on the pre-show. And they did the greatest build for this ever, which was Jericho is making fun of Fandango's name. And he oh. called him Fandanny DeVito. And the Fandango got really annoyed. Fandanny DeVito is the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because he calls him like Fan Ding Dong and Fan Dingus Fan as well. Dumbo. I would call him Fan Ta. <laughs> YTJ beats the shit out of Fando. Fandango gets a little bit of offense, hits a sick kick, poses, and immediately gets buried by JBL on commentary. Did you see that giant sign in the front row that says, If Fandango actually wrestles, we rise. <laughs> I saw that. I, saw that. <laughs> I hate when you've got a cocky heel gimmick and then they do some cocky heel and then the heel commentator buries it. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, JBL. JBL Side cannot make his mind up in this match of whether <laughs> no. he likes him or not at all. He doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Got a horrid gash on Chris Jericho's face in this one. Yeah, mm. what happened there? Uh, Fandango caught him with a bit of an El Stiffo kick, I think. Yeah. So... Fandango hits the guillotine leg drop off the top rope and I remember when he debuted and he started doing that as his finisher like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were burying him on Twitter going what are you doing Mark doing that as your finisher don't you know you never take a bump like <laughs> they're literally saying because like that guillotine leg drop is one of the sore yeah, things they've got a point like you land right in your arse yeah it's so it's sore so bad for your spine oh god yeah, you you're... do that every night for years yeah like... you threw twice here yeah. like oh <laughs> you know when Matt Hardy did a leg drop off the top of the cage he looks so he's like <laughs> when he landed it was so Arse hard just came out the top of his head <laughs> so yeah you got a kick out from Fandango's leg drop he goes for a second one and it misses he's in so much fucking pain yeah. and then what is honestly I dare you to find a worse finish at a Wrestlemania mm. what a garbled mess this is this is like a finish that's so unclear this is like you ever play Mist yeah. you're playing Mist and you at the start you go over to the bucket and it's like and then you but you have to and you can just barely make out what the fuck it is I think there's a goatee in there somewhere and that's what this finish is it, Van Dijk not collected all the sheets in Mist because we can't see what the fuck this finish yeah. is two men just roll around like two fish and I think Van Dijk wins what was it was so bad Wrestlemania he goes for a lion salt. Fandango puts his knees up, but Jericho overshoots it. But then he grabs him, and then he flips, and then oh, roll up. Awful. Like... And Jericho was like, was pissy about the end of this. And one thing I really hated was that, like Jericho in his book was also like went out of his way to be like, and Fandango never got over anyway, so it was a waste of my For time. For sake. I mean, I do think this match pretty much is them going, nah, thanks, but no thanks with Fandango. Yeah. Like I think. No more than Jericho at X-Pac yeah. back in the Attitude Era. If you can't work a match with Chris Jericho, yeah. what good are you to the company, I like, guess? You've got to think about like how much pressure is on him, though. He's debuting at WrestleMania yeah, against Chris ridiculous. Jericho. Yeah, you know? not fair. What a position to be put No in. one's going to do well in that situation. After years in developmental as well, because I mean, he was on NXT Season 3, he was on NXT Season mm. 5. We're talking, this guy has been in developmental yeah. for years and years and, and years. And the 
brand new gimmick, which he's probably not 100% into yet. Of brand new gimmick, debut at WrestleMania, Chris Jericho. Go on, put on a clinic. Good luck. I mean, he had like a huge, his entrance was awesome, like yeah. the whole ballroom dancing thing. I thought it was a really cool gimmick, but I think it was just, yeah, don't debut something at WrestleMania. Because if it doesn't go perfectly, you can have right to go, oh, well, this didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And that's what that's his fault much. and his fault alone. And then what we had the night after this, do you remember? <laughs> Fandango's song got over and then they Massively. immediately ruined it. Yeah, fucked it up. As soon as you got Jerry standing up at the commentary test doing doing the dance, it's dead. No, <laughs> it's... literally like, look, everyone's Fandangoing. Over there. It's <laughs> 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 like an old man kind of going. <laughs> and people are like trying to get into number one in the iTunes as well. Yeah, yeah. it got quite high up the chart. It was it on got the charts, top yeah. forty, I think. Yeah, that's right. Did better than Hosky by Zack Ryder did. Yeah. Like, so you know, I didn't think this match did anyone any favors. No. It also made Chris Jericho at the end, like when he was walking away, looking like he'd been wrestling Bruiser fucking Brody. He's covered yeah. in welts yeah. and fucking cuts and gashes. I mean. I can understand why Jericho was pissy about this, but I think if for any moment if you think this was like all Fandango's fault, I mean, I think that's that's shitty. I don't think Jericho's head was necessarily in the right place to be given out a five-star match. If he was pissed off enough about this match to write a chapter in his book about it, then I think there's an argument to be made about him maybe not giving it his all in this match, perhaps. Mm, yeah, perhaps. Another Roxena promo. My strength ultimately is my connection with the fans and the connection with the audience. People's champion. That's so special, and that's powerful. I am one of the millions. 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 Finally, The Rock has come back to Baltimore, San Diego, Pennsylvania, Boston, British Columbia, Puerto Rico, India, Greece, I don't just want to be entertained. I want to be electrified. Tonight, we usher in a new era. Tonight, we usher in the people's era. I am one of the millions. I know my role, and I bring it. I bring it. I bring it. 24-7, 365. I am one of the millions. Yo soy uno de los millones. I believe in boots to asses. And laying a smackdown. People list names of places. No one gives a fuck. These people have never watched wrestling before. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the millions and shit. <laughs> like, it's literally, they've just said, can you say, uh, can you smell what the rock is cooking? I'm like, can you smell what the rock's cooking? <laughs> That'll, do. That'll do, thank you. Well, Billy, I don't know about you, but I believe in boots to asses. Uh, we also... <laughs> I'm sorry, right? But there was a point where the rock, and this is the point, was literally like, 
Boot ass is it's a way of life. It, it's not. It's not. Boot ass born, boot ass bred. <laughs> hey guys, it's uh, right back here with our BTA Monday, okay? So you let me know how you're putting some boots to asses on this BTA Monday tag on Instagram, the Rock's Facebook page. That's a frighteningly realistic impression of social media. <laughs> <laughs> BTA Monday is fucking out. Hey, BTA Monday, let us know on the AE Podcast, at AE Podcast, BTA Monday, are you one of the millions? <laughs> Do you believe in boots to asses? Oh, I believe in boots to asses. We get a little recap of Miz winning his Intercontinental title with the figure four leg lock on Wade Barrett. Oh, that's smart. That's really rough. Like, poor old Wade two months ago being like, I'm going to restore prestige to this belt. I'm going to tap out to a really shit-looking version of the figure four. Next night, Miz loses the belt back to Wade Barrett. Oh, for fuck's sake. Literally, next night. It's a big WrestleMania theme, isn't it? Of, like, change the title at Mania, then change it back again (sighs) the next next night. night. Yeah. I will continue to restore credibility to this panel. As I was previously saying. <laughs> Hopefully most of you didn't see the pre-show. So um, it, maybe it would be best if we didn't do televised entrances so you couldn't see that I'm not wearing the belt anymore. <laughs> we get some uh, Rocky music. This is so confusing. I thought the network had broken for a second. Because this atmosphere here is such a big fight feel yeah like all the previous Wrestlemania's there's Andre there's Hogan there's all these people and you know it's like, I said has it my network broken and it skipped to the main event mm. and then just P. Diddy walks out yes I like that they played the Rocky music because I'm I'm totally on board with this you know New York New Jersey is saying you might as well throw Philadelphia in there as why, well. not? why not why not Scranton it's all the fucking same isn't it <laughs> But, like, the biggest fight feel of the night is the start of P. Diddy coming out. Sadly. What is going on? P. Diddy comes out, and they have a pop concert. Killing me. It's It's so awful. WrestleMania is killing me. (laughs) He did all the songs, didn't he? All the hits. I, I, I did write down through this. This might be one of the worst music segments at Mania. More on that later. Mm. But fucking hell, this is dross. Hey, everybody yeah. goes, put your hands in the air. Nah, I don't care how tough you are or how tough you think you are. Put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air. Put you. No, over there. Put in the air. Now, thank you. Excuse me, young man. Fourth row. Did I say hands dead? No, I said in the air, didn't I? I don't care how much of a badass you think you are. He was really wanting them hands in the yeah. air. Strict, if nothing else. It, it's weird as well having like a, a, a WrestleMania where the audience are singing along to "I'm Coming Out." It's such a weird moment hearing mm. a bunch, bunch of people just going, "I'm coming out, <laughs> out of the world." It's a party, you know? Billy. Everyone's having a great. I think that's funny when that started playing that music. Everyone's like, "Oh, great!" Because he thought it was that song, then he realised it was a sample. Yep. He was doing more shit uh, rap over it. Yeah. They booed him last year, didn't they? When he came out, P Diddy, Sean. Was he there last year? I already forgot. He did. He's one of the people Already. who came out like it was like, hey, the rock's coming, boo, or John Cena's coming out, boo, and um, and everything. I don't know. Oh Jesus Christ. Here we go. World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Here it is. Alberto Del Rio taking on Jack Swagger's America. Welcome to Jack Swagger's America. Fellow Americans, I got a question for you. What is wrong with America? I see people with faces not like mine. People crossing our borders Sneak illegally across our borders. And they take our jobs, our resources. Let's forget all the politically correct. How crap. do we get rid of them? 
America was built as the land of opportunity where decent, law-abiding, respectful citizens could provide a better way of life for their families. Somewhere along the way, that land of opportunity has turned into a desert of despair because if our government won't do anything to help us, I know someone who will. Swagger did it! Jack Swagger is going to WrestleMania! We will not stand idly by and watch this country self-destruct. Jack Swagger is going to capture the world heavyweight title and he's going to reclaim America. We the people! A mighty woman with a torch and her name, Mother of Exiles. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. In America, everything is possible. And this man, Alberto Del Rio, is a living proof of that. Alberto We got a new world are you a champion? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! I'm Alberto Del Rio and I was born in Mexico, but made in America. Alberto Del Rio is not one of us. A man who only came into this country to reap the rewards of our motherland. He needs to leave this country. We are here for the same reason. We want to provide our families with a better life. You're part of the problem and we the people are gonna fix the problem. Oh boy, this angle's really uh, has been on the back burner. It's uh, it's certainly heating up. Weed the people. <laughs> so big old Jack, as we mentioned in our elimination chamber episode, he only went and he had his uh, his his push scrumpered a little bit because he was caught with a big bag of them jazz cigarettes. And uh, the thing is with Jack is like they basically had decided no more are you. But we're going to keep this angle going because, honestly, it's gotten more important than you. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely yeah. it has. Big mainstream media attention for this. Now, we did talk about them getting an attempt at getting Alex Jones in. Mm. Basically, Billy, the time has come for chickens to come home to roost. I think Adam's, and this is basically the reason we started this podcast in Adam's mind, so that he could finally call you out on this in front of a large audience. You were convinced that Glenn Beck was showing up at WrestleMania. Adamant. 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 Nah, mate, they wouldn't have brought it up on Raw otherwise. Trust me, he's going to be there. Do you care to say anything in your defence? I honestly do not remember this conversation. Oh, as if me and Kevin genuinely don't. So I'm not even embarrassed. I legit do not remember this. But you had this little thing you used to do where you'd be like, 
it'd be something and you would just completely take the wrong end of the stick and then be so adamant and then like in almost an angry way like yeah. you refuse to listen to anything other than Glenn Beck is the best <laughs> like, if we weren't playing that tune you weren't dancing to our song <laughs> No, do not recall at all. So well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, you guaranteed it, Billy, and he's not here. So I'm a little bit uh, disappointed with your past self, mate. Never came out. It would have been a laugh if he was there, though. Would even you saying now it would have been a laugh? There was no way. <laughs> there was no way that he would have come. He would have come out, cried because he loves America so much. <laughs> Everyone would have gone home happy. Him and Daniel Bryan with their diagrams, like <laughs> how to defeat the Shield and the foreign influence and the corrupt global media. Easy peasy. What I will say about Glenn Beck, they did try. They did try. They really wanted to because. They did all this stuff with Zeb and Jack and Zeb's YouTube page putting out these videos solely to get an RJ Brewer type of response on Neo mm. Night Nine or whatever. And they did get some mainstream media attention on this. And it was, you know, oh, some wrestling characters are taking things a little bit too far and yada, yada, yada. And they would show, you know, clips of the Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter. Basically, the whole point of this We The People Zeb YouTube page was them to have little bite-sized chunks mm. for the media. It's like a press pack for the media. Pretty much, Controversial yeah. wrestling angle. Check it out, <laughs> like a zip file. The thing I remember at the time, though, it wasn't like left-wing liberal media that was having a go it, oh, was, yeah. the, it was all the right-wing yeah. conservatives just going stop it you're exposing us stop it the like the liberal and left-wing media were going like it's wrestling it's fake it's and then the, the right yeah. wing was just losing its mind like it was exposing the dirty secrets so yeah glenn beck on his own special tv station because you know when you're really talented you don't get to be on a real one you get to go make your own special one you know like george lucas <laughs> like george Lucas for crackpot right-wing conspiracy theorists that's what he was so he addressed this thing and he basically buried it Glenn Beck he said that oh it was you know disrespectful to the tea party yada yada but the line that he said that really annoyed everyone and really made WWE like up the ante was he said I don't have time to waste on some stupid wrestling people Oh! Imagine Vince's fucking reaction. Yeah. How dare you? My father is not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Should never been broken into this business. So I was convinced, like that at that point they were annoyed, and that was it. All all better off the table. I did a little googling. Actually, on the WWE's YouTube page, you know what they have. Mm -hmm. You know who they sent off when Raw was in Houston, Texas a week or two before WrestleMania? That's where the Blazes, which is uh, 420 uh, Glenn Beck's studios, that's where he did all of his shows and shit. So that was in Houston, Raw was in Houston, and they decided to send someone over to cause a little bit of fuss. Was it DX like, in yeah. a tank? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't DX in a tank. It was Michael Cole with the Skeleton Film Crew. Sorry, sir, how can I help you? You're trespassing on studio property. I need you to ask you to leave the property. Thank uh, you. We were just trying to get an interview with Mr. Beck. I'm sorry, he's no longer here. Come on. Uh, well, first off, we know he's here. He claimed he wasn't here, although the uh, security uh, person said that he was filming his TV show. Unfortunately, Glenn Beck is currently uh, doing the show. He's on the air right now. So can we quote you as saying that Mr. Beck will not uh, talk to us today? Can we no, quote no. you? This is me. This is my studio. Okay. And I'm telling you you're not welcome here. Okay. Okay. So I'd like you to leave. Okay. Now, is there... And I also have signs posted saying there's no uh, filming on the property, so I need to leave. Okay. Great. Okay. So uh, how do we reach Mr. Beck if we want to try to... Uh, uh, call his office in New York City. Great. Thank you. Uh, Michael Cole. At least send Zeb. <laughs> 
Why the fuck wouldn't you send Zeb? Why would you send Cole? No, I want to see Cole in his full-on war reporter uniform, like with a helmet on and everything. Like, Cole, I'm gonna go like, I heard these But as soon as he'd be confronted, he'd just sink into his suit like a turtle. <laughs> no, Cole went right in there, and it was literally the proper like Louis through. Excuse me, excuse me. Like you're into the fucking wow. into the lobby with the the, the boom mic. It's like, excuse me, we're here to talk to Mr. Glenn Beck. And who are you? Huh. We're from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> we're the stupid wrestling people. Yeah, and like they so like they cause this whole stir. And like, you know, they all these people start coming out going, have you got you know, permission to be here? I'm like, of course you got permission to be here. We're the WWE. I'm Michael Cole. I need to speak to Glenn Beck. Knowing full well he wasn't going to come out. Yeah. You know, so they ended up having like the executive producer, the owner of the studio comes out and is like, get off the property. You know, we're going to call the police. So Michael Cole, yeah. Real fucking gonzo journalist Michael Cole, you know. And yes, they did have Zeb respond to him. In one of the worst, most cringy ways possible. Do you remember what they, they did? Broke kayfabe. They broke kayfabe. I play a character called Zeb Adia. <laughs> this is Jack Hager, and I play a character called Jack Swagger. <laughs> and and this is my life. I hated it so much because you know what they did? They did like them shooting one of their normal angles. Like, oh, immigrants got to get out of this country. They were stealing away our jobs. And then they were like, all right, folks, that's a wrap. And, and they <laughs> zoom out. Yeah. And th- they weren't in Zeb's shack or his compound. It was a green screen. Oh. That that killed this angle yeah, for me. Yeah. I was on board when I thought they were in a shack somewhere, even if it's in Stamford. As long as they're in a wooden shack that Zeb built himself to keep away from the mainstream media, I was okay. But no, it was a green screen. I hated it. Exposing the business exposes the business. Oh, man. <laughs> so the big take home from this or the big go home for this was uh, Del Rio and Swagger confronting each other in the ring. You say you're a real American, Jack. What you really are is a real Jack ass. Jack ass. Burn. Yeah. They did Zeb Coulter versus Alberto Del Rio on Raw as Fuck well off. before this. Yeah, really. Yeah, just who, who won? They didn't. It didn't actually happen. The match. Ah. Just, they put him out there though. Zeb had wrist tape on. <laughs> I loved. Um, I loved this package. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> the, especially, oh, man. especially the moment of Alberto Del Rio on top of the Empire State Building waiting for Tom Hanks. <laughs> like, an amazing fucking moment. I come to this country like. <laughs> Oh, mate, don't you remember? Del Rio has an estate. Yeah. yeah. Nah, it doesn't matter anymore, mate. He's just like one of us. Like, I really hated that because they did this whole thing and they basically said, oh, you know, he was born in Mexico, but made in America. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the immigrant success story. He's in, like, the like, the upper class. Yeah. He is, like... He's from be, a famous wrestling dynasty. He's meant to be Mexican aristocracy. Yeah. yeah like, that's the whole thing. I like to say I had the whole thing of you talking about like freedom and you know liberty and justice and all these great values Zeb is talking about. You could take this as being like you know Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger really pushing for the legalization of marijuana. Like, you know? <laughs> oh fucking hell! If you need any proof that they give it up on Jack Swagger, he gets the currently in the ring treatment. Yeah, we yeah. missed that amazing fucking music. He had his little car. I wanted to see him come out in the little car. It's fucking pathetic, mate. Zeb, because it's WrestleMania, has got a tie on. And he yeah. cuts his most racist promo to date. My name, fellow Americans, is Zeb Coulter. And this is Jack Swagger, and we are real Americans. And this past week, I walked these filthy streets of New York 
And I gotta ask a question. When did we let them take over? Wasn't New York once described as a beacon of American prosperity? Now it's not even worth the beads we paid for it. All it is is a cesspool of criminals, illegals, that speak, that have come and snuck across our borders and they speak Spanish. And they speak Italian. And they speak Greek and Chinese. And they speak something called Yiddish. As they plot God knows what against us. Hey, you can boo me all you want, but you know you agree with me. Either you're too afraid to say something or you're too gutless to do anything about it. But real Americans aren't. And tonight, Jack Swagger will reclaim this country when he walks out the world heavyweight champion. And remember these words. We smoke weed every day. Says New York isn't worth the beads we paid for it. I see people who speak languages that don't sound like American. They speak things like Chinese, Italian, something called Yiddish. He really hates yeah, that. Yeah, like. he's particularly Ooh, angry. He hates it, like... I liked as well to get Del Rio over as a good guy. We had the big video package with him in front of the uh, Chachi of Liberty. Uh, Lady this Liberty, country. This, this country. They got rid of the heel horns at the start of his music. Yeah. That bit's apparently villainous. Yeah, that is. That Those are heel horns, Adam. Yeah. That's when like an evil king of the eagles comes in. It's like, That's what it's called on Jim Johnson's keyboard. It's e- evil, evil horns. horns. <laughs> evil horns. So then it just goes... So it's all happy. It's good. He's got his best little... What is it? Is it a bathrobe? I guess. Mm. I don't know what you'd really call that <laughs> item of clothing. Kimono. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird I like to wear this and then get all my cool replica samurai swords I got from <laughs> like, you know. Ricardo gives him a WrestleMania-sized Alberto. Like, it goes on and on. Shaking on, on his crutches. <laughs> like. We also get, I don't know if you saw this, a Jag Thinned sign. Yes, I did. That son of a bitch who He's ruined there, the Undertaker's yeah. streak. Yeah. He's here. Was it a streak or was it Brian winning the belts at the end of 30? No, it was, it was, um, ooh. He ruined something, whichever it was, like the no good prick. Wait, who's he talking about? Jack Thind? The, the big sign, big white sign, it just says Jack Thind And it on covered it. up. It was either the Undertaker lying on his back. As I recall it, it was just after Brian tapped out Batista. And it was like, the miracle kid. And you see him grab the belts. And as he lifts them up straight away, 
big sign right in front of the camera. Well, there's like, some fucking Yorkshire murderer now as well. <laughs> 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 there's there's no one, but I just recognise that name because he would go on to ruin WrestleMania yeah. 40. They talk about how they're in this match is in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty, 20 miles again. Uh, yeah. That's by the... Big shadow there. <laughs> a, I mean, that's 20 miles as the crow flies as well, like, you know. They did a whole thing where Ricardo Rodriguez's ankle got broken by Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter. They took turns breaking it with a, uh, with a crutch. The big nasty bastards. All I can say about this match is normal action. Yes. Yeah. All of the promos and all of the storyline and all of the new characters and all of the ups and downs with the oh will they won't they because of the you know Glenn Beck stuff and because of the weed stuff and all the craziness and really what we get at the end of the day is a very normal Smackdown main event. You know you're talking neither guy's pulling out anything that's risky or I'm not saying you have to do risks for it to be a good match but don't do anything out of the ordinary this is you set it to normal difficulty two controllers have been put down computer wrestling itself we should be done in 10 minutes you know for a a match with a build that is all about like nationalism and xenophobia you need a lot more than just your basic match really Mm. there's got to be a little bit of salt and pepper in there somewhere I would have felt like you could have there's so many things I could have seen happening here like like Zeb Coulter I felt should have gotten some sort of Thing happened to something. Him. Throw least. a bucket at yeah. him, you know. Something Give him an should happen to him. or anything. Glenn like. Beck should have shown up <laughs> with the running, like <laughs> Del Rio could like burn the American flag in front of Zeb. Like, no. What I would have is have Glenn Beck come out and confront Zeb, and it's like, oh, these two have been sounding off on social media, and then Glenn spins around and punches Del Rio in the face, and he's like, he's joined the real Americans, and. Bring him in as a full-timer after mm. that, though. Okay, I like that. I'm going to fancy add an addendum onto your fantasy booking. Del Rio then does a kip-off. Like, how, how the hell did he get up so quickly? How, how did he get such energy and ability to do that? And then he goes, that's right, I get Alex Jones's pills. And Alex Jones comes in <laughs> on a parachute <laughs> from the Statue of Liberty. We're in the shadow of it. And, <laughs> and he goes, you've been taking my pills. And now you, we are a real American. <laughs> Fuck you, old man. <laughs> I love my country. I'm parachuting into WrestleMania. Fuck you, Obama. <laughs> oh, that's probably gonna be the last time we're gonna hear that impression. Oh. <laughs> you would hope. I think the only thing I actually enjoyed about this match was Del Rio counting his own ten punch bot. He's punching Swagger in the back against the ropes, and he's counting as he punches him. Oh, did he do, him. you know those traits? No, he... I said it in English, I believe. Really? That's yeah. because he's a real American. He's a real Del American. Rio is what America is about. We have Del Rio getting put into Jack Swagger's finishing move, the ankle lock. Do you remember what they called it? Patriot lock. Do you know what it was called before that? No. It was originally called the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act is the legislation that George Bush passed in 2004 that allowed greater surveillance of, you know, and, you know, powers to detain people. It was was basically controversial, nationalistic Mm. legislation. What a great name for a finishing move. Yeah. Patriot Lock. What is that? Is that like what Uncle Sam puts on his porno box? Like, what is that? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Patriot Lock. They trade submissions. We want Ziggler chance. You know, bad. It's just they're trading submissions, and again, big heated angle. And you've got Del Rio being put in this ankle lock that broke Ricardo's ankle. It's meant to be a nasty move, and he's just got this face on it like he's dropped his chips or something. (laughs) He just looks like, oh no, not the paper. Ricardo was bellowing, trying to get the crowd into it, fucking slamming. Doing his best. No one was picking it up at all. 
Coulter interferes. It looks like he's about to attack Ricardo Rodriguez. Uh, they had a really cool moment where Zeb, like, his hand is on, on the apron and Del Rio stamps on his hand. Mm. That's, like, the one... That's it. Yet. Like yeah. that's kind of it. Like you know, don't be racist if you like your fingers. That is, <laughs> Swagger says Zeb cross arm breaker right in the middle of the ring. Swagger taps out. Zeb does a re- like a demon face. Mm. Like you, he goes. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking lame finish. How the hell did Del Rio get a better match out of Big Show than he did with that, Zack Swagger? I don't understand. That defies all logic to me. Swagger's great. Yeah, and these two, like, similar styles in that they both can go on the mat, like, because obviously Del Rio has a, you know, proper Greco-Roman... They actually talked about it in this Yeah, year. they mention it. These with their They're proper backgrounds. The only thing I can think of is as they straight up told him, after this, you're done. Yeah. And he was like, well, fuck you then. Yeah. Maybe. I'm going to phone it in. I thought he was a bit too stoned to put on a good match, mm. mate. I mean, it's like... A bit cloudy. It's sad because it's like, this is like this is it for Swagger. You yeah. know, he, he does... I mean, not to say that this angle like completely gets wrapped up because we have the real Americans and Zeb and Swagger together for a while after this. I think actually Zeb and Swagger together as the face team against Rusev mm. was a really... Yeah. unexpectedly great thing good yeah so like I mean it's just a shame though that something that started off clearly designed with one thing which is mainstream main event like and it just kind of ends up being just another angle just yeah. another gimmick you know can we talk about uh, Max America oh for fuck's oh, sake if you <laughs> want to talk about Max America you go ahead mate well, I've got nothing to say really I just wanted to remind <laughs> people that that was a thing All right, very recently <laughs> that may have sounded like the ITR podcast that was audio from the creative meeting <laughs> let's talk about Max America you can if you want to I've got nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous I, I don't know I kind of want the Max America flag if that ever went up on eBay I, I, uh, I pay for that yeah. like yeah, hang it up <laughs> <laughs> Zed, the biggest face ever. It's like <laughs> I actually watched a, a clip of that the other day, mm. and it's like Jack on Zed. What's happened to you, man? Well, basically, Jack, I think that people in Mexico are so industrious and hardworking. People in America are so industrious and hardworking. If we two nations joined together, we'd be unstoppable. It would be a new era of peace and, and cooperation between these two great nations. Jack. Like, my God, what happened to you? Zeb, what's happened to you? Oh my God. I was like, my, this is a Zeb Coulter's lost a screw. Like, <laughs> like, he's just like an idealistic old man. Like. Crazy old he's man. He's broken. Mad beliefs about Mexico. I remember on Christmas when Grandpa had too much to drink and then he was like, what if there were no nations? Imagine if there were no countries or no war. <laughs> Coming up next. Tribute to the troops. Yeah, so... Thank God for the boys in blue. Thank God for the boys in blue. When I went to WrestleMania, it was sponsored by the National Guard and Slim Jim. (laughs) So, when I went to Access, I had to walk past a giant tank where there were giant buckets of Slim Jims. (laughs) I had people going, thank you for your service. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> not my army <laughs> <laughs> not my country but yes my processed pork and beef products <laughs> uh, if you want to send me Slim Jims please do because I love them Slim Jims are the best thing ever and I would move to America just for Slim Jims never had one we just pepperoni I just thought of pepperonis yeah they're like pepperami if pepperami had a wild cousin whose parents didn't really care and they had to stay up late and do whatever they wanted to eat as many hot dogs and hamburgers as they wanted to and were totally rad and awesome and played video games all night long so the pepperami then pretty much pepperami yeah <laughs> a spicy pepperami imagine pepperami but afterwards it made you do the shit that was like a pepperami 
So oh, the spicy pepperami, the red pretty one. Pretty much, like even the skin comes out. Oh, <laughs> fucking disgusting, Kevin. Coming up next, it's another one of our main events. Yes, it is a main event. This that, is the main event. This, this is the main event. This punk, you should be happy. You're in the main event, like you wanted. Against the Undertaker. I want to extend my heartfelt condolences for your loss at WrestleMania. To Paul Bearer, you will always be perfect. 20 and 0. But to everybody else, you're going to be 20 and 1. The only legacy or memory I care about is my own. I'm trying to do is getting the Undertaker's head. That is the ultimate act of disrespect. Oh yeah, Undertaker. Paul wants you to know something. That WrestleMania, if you get counted out or disqualified, it's still a loss. This means everything to the Undertaker, and it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. An Undertaker at WrestleMania, you. Your perfect record will rest, rest in peace. Punk, the disrespect that you've shown Paul Bearer, defeating you is no longer good enough. The streak may come to an end Sunday, but you will never live to talk about it. Punk with the ultimate act of disrespect. That's right, he criticized some of Undertaker's moments that have aged poorly. No, he made fun of Paul Bearer for dying. Much worse. I loved this build. This is my favourite streak build, I think, of like, I'm gonna beat your streak. I think this is the best they ever did it. I think so. It was, it was such brilliant. a villain. Yes. 
There is no way you would want Undertaker to lose this time. No. It was the one time that, like, because normally it was like, wouldn't it be cool if Triple H did beat the streak? But this year it was like, Taker, you better fucking kill this boy because he's a little prick, this little punk guy. I thought it was incredible that CM Punk managed to become a hated heel despite the fact that, you know, there were a lot of people who were very pissed that he lost to The Rock. Mm, yeah. And he, you know, that's natural. You know, particularly by the way it was booked as well because he had The Rock beat on a number of occasions in previous matches and it's kind of felt like that's the perfect moment yeah. to just turn a guy face or for people to start cheering him. And the way he did this angle with Undertaker, my God, like, it was... I remember being so shocked. I think it's one of the benefits of it being PG is you don't expect... No. Moments like a lot of stuff. And I'm talking week on week here, I was like, are you kidding me? How can but they, you... Just they technically that? weren't doing anything, though, that could not be considered PG. It was all still PG, what they were doing. Just disrespectful is yeah. all it was. I'm really impressed with WWE in the way that WCW could change the requisite number of notes to make a song yeah. not be infringing copyrights. They can change the requisite number of things to make something PG and still have... Because, I mean, the, the Zeb Coulter stuff, that was all PG still. Yeah. Never, you never actually said anything. Never actually said anything. Edgy. And here, again, exact same thing. They, they kind of went very close and let your mind fill in the blanks. Yeah. And really, they never said what was in that urn. No. They never said what it was meant to represent, but they know what you thought it represented yeah. and they use that against you. You had Paul Bear passing away very, very sadly, quite close to this uh, event. This was something which, because it happened so close to the event, I think people did not think it would be built into no the storyline. Yeah. No, definitely not. Because this storyline... Like days, it yeah. was. Well, that's yeah. how the storyline kicked off. It was the tribute to Paul Bear. They had all the people in the Ramble all came out. They played the video package all night long. They were playing videos of Really them. respectful. And the, the main event thing was Taker coming out just to do a battle. You hadn't seen Taker since like Raw 1000. Mm-hmm. And the idea was like, Taker's just come out because you associate Undertaker with Paul Bear and he's paying his tributes. And then Punk does this fucking straight away oh man this is one of my favourite things is because you can see in the corner of of Punk's mouth like he is trying so hard not to laugh when he goes I'm sorry for your loss at Wrestlemania (laughs) (laughs) and you can see that he's like I can't believe I just got to say that to the Undertaker (laughs) so they stole the urn that was what they did they stole the urn now because they had the tribute to Bear and it was the image on the screen and Taker was bowing in front of the urn and the the spotlight was on the urn like were you guys of the opinion that the urn contained Paul Bear's ashes that's what it it felt like in many ways because he'd literally died like 48 hours before he hadn't been cremated and like put Mm. into an urn or anything but I I got what the symbolism was it was like it's the urn for Christ's sake it's a big deal it's kind of weird because the urn is always they've changed their mind a number of times what the urn actually contains and they Mm. kind of use that against them almost yeah so Punk steals the urn and then spends the next like week or so being really clumsy with the urn. <laughs> just like juggling it. Whoops. <laughs> just like a child. Drop it in a toilet. <laughs> oh no. When he's there, he's like, oh hey guy. And like, he throws, the, the first time he throws it, he's like, oh be careful. And he drops it like immediately. <laughs> like, you know. And he's got the lid of the urn and he's going, oh no, <laughs> So crass. And you know what I love about it as well is the whole time Punk is doing all this stuff, 
Paul Heyman was looking at him like a proud dad going, yeah, <laughs> that's it, son. <laughs> they beat up Kane with it and this is like mm-hmm. Kane's work dad. He yeah. dressed up Ern Anderson. Do you ever do that? He put glasses yeah. on him. <laughs> I saw like, you ever seen Red and Stimpy when there's the bully and they're like, we have to go talk to his dad and the bully is just, the bully's dad's a bigger version of him. It's like, good job bullying him, son. <laughs> so the ultimate act of disrespect came when... The Undertaker, you know, was out in the ring and all of a sudden all of these uh, druids start coming out. And who comes out dressed up as Paul Bear but Heyman? And it is it's so horrid. Yeah. Really, like, made me go cold when I was watching it because I was like, oh, Jesus, you actually might be going a bit far here, lads. <laughs> like, this is really close to the bone. Seriously cold. Because, you know, they did, um, you know, they, they did the thing where they mocked Jerry Lawler's heart attack when yes. Heyman pretended to have the heart attack and they'd be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. so like they'd become known for this and even at that point this was still really shocking yeah. and then Undertaker gets jumped by Punk who's dressed up as one of the druids and he pours the urn all over him and then he like licks the ashes and he smears them Rubbing on his chest himself, yeah. fucking hell and I think your point Adam was right is that this was like all the other times I remember particularly with Shawn Michaels wanting Shawn to win mm-hmm. so wanting Shawn because he never got those big big wins against the Undertaker but here, for the first time in years, I was like, Taker, you... And I'm a punk fan. Big like, punk fan. Yeah, I, just in my mind, the story would only be right if he fucking yeah. killed that guy. Like, we were such punk... Like, at this point, punk was by far and, like, by a country mile, my favourite guy on the roster. But if he won and beat Taker in this match, that would have been the fucking most miserable ending. Like, such a horrible, horrible heel like, win. nasty WrestleMania moment. <laughs> it's like, not nice. I can't remember did you say you liked this no this like I remember because we just started doing the podcast and we were talking in the first episode like musical performances are always shit at Wrestlemania and then we went and watched this Wrestlemania like three days after recording that and it's like ladies and gentlemen living colour ladies and gentlemen please welcome New York's own living colour Colour personality. <laughs> like, they skip out like 20 seconds of the, the, of intro, the intro. Yeah. And then just go into it. But they, it's like they had this discussion but not told the singer. Yeah, so he just immediately. Look at I think it's because like the fireworks are going on. Like, come on, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> to the big bit, like. I have to say, fucking Paul Heyman walking down with the urn, yeah. dancing to it, holding it up, and Punk is like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's looking brilliant. Because again, outside of it just being a great storyline, Punk's strategy and in kayfabe, what he's trying to do here is fucking genius. Like, at no point has he stopped trying to piss off Undertaker. It's actually got to the day of the match now where he's here. He's wearing Undertaker's debut colours. I love that. That's such a smart fucking thing. The grey yeah. and purple. And like Taker's, like even when Taker starts making his entrance, it cuts to Punk in the ring. Like, Psh, who came, who's this guy? Like, yeah, everyone always has to do the. Oh, I'm scared, of the Undertaker. Yeah. And that's what I thought was so great about it. Like, it was that almost by Punk doing that, it was so disrespectful that he wasn't being like, 
well, you're the Undertaker and I respect you, yeah, sir, and all that. None of that. He was just like, he was this fucking guy with scary because music and Even lights. the build, it's not like you need to go down Undertaker and beat your streak. It's like, I'm doing this so that I can be the new WrestleMania guy. Like, when people think of WrestleMania, they will think of CM Punk. It's all <laughs> self serving and it's so disrespectful. Sorry, I have to talk quickly about Undertaker's entrance as well. It's my favourite. It's my favourite. Right? Definitely. So. All the hands coming up, like, gra- gra- it's so simple as well. Yeah, all the ones that they've basic. done were, like, the fucking lasers and the platforms and all that shit. And this is literally, like... Smoke and shadows. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, like, something they do on Art Attack. Like, you, know, <laughs> they, oh, look, you can make shadows with your hands and make it look like zombies. I thought it was phenomenal. Brilliant entrance. Punk slaps Taker right in his big fucking red head right at the start of this one. Oh, Booger Red gonna be mad. They brawl outside. We got really hot crowd here. The crowd perks up for this and I mean the crowd were fairly low key most of the night mm. up until this point this is when they really seemed mm. like they gave a shit there were people who wanted Punk to win there were people who wanted Taker to win and you finally got to see a bit of dueling chance and whatnot. I like the Punk did old school yeah. Punk controls the pace and he like wears down Undertaker as Paul keeps doing this thing that he been doing which I love which is like he get a one count. He goes, you've got a one count. You were one third of the way there. Good job, CM Punk. <laughs> and he do again. That's one and a half. You were halfway there. You were halfway to victory. That's a two count. You're almost there. Like yeah. He's basically like saying, like, he doesn't know how wrestling works. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can accumulate the count like, over the course of a match. Like it's Street Fighter. Like, uh, uh, you lose. That's it. Like, you know. Heyman blocks Undertaker's suicide dive. I love that because, like, Taker was coming like with like a full force, like a steam engine, and like Heyman just goes right in front of him, he's like <laughs> really comes short. Punk makes a comeback on the Undertaker, hits a shit elbow, goes for the GTS, which is blocked. I can't believe he got him up for the GTS. That was impressive. Yeah, that was very impressive. Blocked into the choke slam, which gets a big kick out. Punk's the- face. Oh, I love he it. He has a face like he's just eaten a lemon and his family were killed by lemons. <laughs> <laughs> we get, in this match, our grunt of the night as well. Uh, one hour, 58, four seconds. Very straightforward. Undertaker, big boot to the face of CM Punk, and he goes, And a boot from the Undertaker! As he does it. This is a very grunty WrestleMania. It is. We'll uh, we'll talk more about that in a bit. Grunter Taker makes his comeback. CM Punk gets Undertaker on the announce table. Oh, this is really awful. This fucking this actually really was the one thing that kind of spoiled a lot of this match yeah. for me. Was this big elbow spot? I mean, it's WrestleMania 2000. It is yeah. really, and it's sad because like you know that Punk is in pain here. You know, he was complaining about being a lot of pain, and that's a sore fucking bump. There's no way that's not sore. And the way he lands on that table, like, it has no give whatsoever. His no. leg just bounces off that thing. Really, really horrible. Get the Hell's Gate submission inside the ring, which gets reversed into the Anaconda Vice, and one of my all time favourite Undertaker moments. As Taker's in the Vice is where we get Heyman at ringside, just literally, like, right inches from Taker's face, just going, Tap! 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 Just over and over. <laughs> Such a pest. When Undertaker sits up while Punk has him in the vice and he gives him that look, it's fucking classic. I absolutely love that so much. One of those moments where the cameraman was in the right place yeah. at the right time because it is like a proper, well-directed, big comedy. <laughs> Almost spoiled by the commentators going, Look into the eyes of the walking dead. What? Tonight on AMC. <laughs> Look into the eyes of the Walking Dead sounds like a shit Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> GTS into the Tombstone Pile Driver. The autopilot Tombstone Pile Driver is where 
Punk gives him the GTS Taker goes against the ropes and goes <laughs> he, he falls as he does yeah. I actually really love that I adore like, it. it's a good looking tombstone they try to do that so often Ring of Honor where it's like I've hit you with a big kick or a big super kick and then I just kind of fall and I do another move Yeah, like Kevin Owens does that a lot but this was a real instance of it just seeming to work so well where Taker, like, look, he struggled to get him into the tombstone. He just kind of, he doesn't get to jump or kneel, he just falls. Yeah. It really felt like he just had that in him and that was all that was left. Kick out, Heyman holds up the urn and screams. I like, him <laughs> the power of the urn. <laughs> we get a ref bump. Last ride is attempted and is countered with an urn bump right to the face. It was a nice callback to WrestleMania 17. Yeah, like, I, I like, like that. that. Punk does the Undertaker pin, which is really cool, sticking out the tongue. Taker kicks out. The GTS gets reversed and reversed and reversed into the Tombstone pile driver, which Undertaker wins this match with. Fucking phenomenal. I so loved good. it. I adored it. This is only the second time I've ever seen this match. Same, really? Yeah. Beautiful. Match. I remember watching this match and then afterwards kind of being convinced that I just liked it because. Of you know the story and yeah. the, the atmosphere, because everyone was saying Undertaker has slowed down so much, he's not got you know he won't be able to do a, a match with Punk mm. like he did with Triple H because this was a one-on-one match. Remember Triple H had Hell in a Cell, yeah, the Cell, no holes barred. This was no gimmicks. I think a lot of people were expecting like an oh, hole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this was fucking awesome. This is one of my favorite streak matches. Definitely, I think this is the last truly brilliant match Undertaker had at WrestleMania. Agreed. Out of the three that we watched, the two Triple H's and this one, which one would you say is your favourite out of the three? Honestly, as much as I love the Hell of the Soul one, I'd still go with this because mm. it's one of those rare moments in wrestling where the build is pitch perfect. Everything they did in the build to this is great. And the match not only delivered on that build, but it actually used that build in the story mm. so perfectly. Like the whole... Punk trying to be disrespectful, trying to psych out Undertaker. Like, he would take a DQ victory. Yeah, yeah. Like, Still counts. Just, yeah, lot. just as long as Undertaker loses, doesn't matter what happens. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Hell in a Cell, I think. Yeah. Watching this one back, didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time. Oh, no. I, w- I remembered there being a lot more fire and emotion in The Undertaker, mm. and it wasn't here. Mm. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it was like... It doesn't feel like what has happened has actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, The Undertaker doesn't really sell it as much as I would like him to. He sells right, it a yeah, bit. Yeah. But I wanted there to be absolute fire and just him just to kick the shit out of You punk. shouldn't have poked the bear. And, like, like and it, it didn't... It kind of fell flat on that perspective. Mm. It was still a good match, but I think I did prefer the uh, the Hell in a Cell. I think the actual match itself told a better story in Hell in a Cell than yeah. the match here did. I kind of think I prefer this one ever so slightly to the Hell in a Cell because the Hell in a Cell, as much as I love it, you can very easily go, yeah, but they went a bit too far, a little bit over the top. Mm. They, like with the, with the kicking out of the finishes and all yeah. that. And there's a lot of craziness. Here, the pace of it, and I think I love the finish. I thought it was fucking fantastic. So yeah. I think this is just about claims it for me however one thing I wanted to mention briefly was that did you know about Paul Bear's children and their reaction to this no there was like one of his kids like put this thing up on Facebook saying he, they weren't cool with the, the storyline and they didn't give their consent and they hated it and then it disappeared he said he was like, going to sell the e- on eBay the, the Hall of Fame ring he was going to put up the Hall of Fame ring on eBay and sell it and then like it got taken down and all kind of went away and a lot of people kind of allude, rumor just was threw some money at him. Just threw some money. Shut up! 
I don't know, but wow. I mean, I can, I, no one can ever speak on someone's behalf who's passed away. And I hate every time someone's like, Eddie would have wanted it or Paul would have yeah. wanted it. But I mean, if you ever watch any interview with Paul Bear, he was as wrestler as it got in terms of that man was like 24 fucking 7. He loved wrestling. He want everything, I'm sure, was fair game in his mind. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it was a bit, do you think it was done tastelessly or... I don't think there was anything tasteless about it if, because from what everyone said, like apparently according to Taker, this would have been exactly what Paul Barrow would have been cool with. He yeah. would have been fine with that. I can imagine like, Undertaker being cool with something like that in the same way. I mean, yeah, I guess. But. Nothing tasteless about that. But if it is true that they didn't even get in touch with the family about it, then like, that's that, there's no getting around it. That's shitty. That's a shitty thing to do. I mean, you can. it's easy to go, yeah, the performer would have been cool with this, but... Obviously, it's not the performer's feelings you have to take into consideration. Yeah, he's dead, mate. He doesn't mind what you do. <laughs> it's his like. family. And yeah. I think that was maybe the one thing about that. If that was true and it was a case of throwing money at it, that's a little bit not not so nice. I would be of that opinion if they had... Well, they didn't call him William Moody ever during this. That's true. William Moody that's didn't true. die. Paul Bearer died. William Moody obviously died as well. Well, but it's Paul Bearer. They never, they never said at all that Paul Bearer, otherwise known as William Moody, at all in the bill. Well, they did do when they, the the tribute to to Paul Bearer that Punk interrupted on the screen. They did, did they say, say William Moody, William Moody, aka Paul Bearer. But from that point on, with the urn, and again. I think a lot of people can look at that going, oh, it's, it's Paul Bear in the urn. And they, they never said that. It wasn't, no. you know. I think you should run it past the family to a degree, but I, I don't... I'm not too... I'm not too, fussed, I'm not too fussed on it, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I think... I'm pretty sure they probably said, look, we're going to do an angle. It'll probably evolve this. And then they, they probably go... They didn't explain every single detail on the yeah. way because like a lot of this was punk yeah. coming up with stuff each week how can I be wacky with this urn and shit yeah I don't think they needed the family's permission I just think it would have been really courteous and the right thing to do for a man that's been in wrestling for his whole life I would have at least included his family and in what's going to happen and tell them like this is what we're doing you can't just yeah. leave them in the dark on it I do have mixed emotions about it because I mean I fucking I love that angle yeah so good and one thing I can definitely say you know having we did watch a lot of Kane stuff we Adam was on how to wrestling we did an episode on Kane we had to rewatch a lot of Paul Bear stuff and just from going back and doing the Attitude podcast Paul Bear does not get that fucking accolade he's known as like the Undertaker's guy and it feels mm. like any any respect or any kind of accolades that he gets seems to be like looped in with the Undertaker yes on his own in his own right William Moody Paul Bear was a fucking amazing manager that man can cut a promo that sends Absolutely. shivers down your fucking spine mm-hmm. man unbelievable but all being said I love this match and now Triple H, Shades of WrestleMania 25, has to follow a kick-ass Undertaker match. <laughs> Get another Cena package first, though. Oh. Just so we know, you know. WrestleMania 28. My once-in-a-lifetime moment stolen. The Rock has beaten John Cena! A year of my existence destroyed. brave enough to stick through the hard times for those who have not given up I will promise you I am focused and I am ready for Wrestlemania I get a chance to rewrite history this is more than just a match for me this is a shot at redemption
I've been waiting for this moment for a year. Yeah, staring out into the unknown. Voices in the wind telling me to come home. Fucking total overkill in this. Yeah, come on now. You know? These promos would have worked last year. I think. I don't know. The whole once in, a, the once in a lifetime moment. I think these promos would have worked better here. Not not here. I, I, here it just seems a bit cringy, but I think this kind of stuff that they're doing... But you couldn't have done I this agree. last year, though, because last year the whole thing was built around The Rock being like, you know, I don't respect you, you're a piece of trash, Fruity Pebbles, Tranny Wonder Woman, you know, whatever mm. fucking bullshit The Rock has got in his back pocket. I mean, it was like attitude... I mean, I, I don't want to say it's attitude or rock, but he was trying to be edgy last year, whereas mm. this year it's all, I respect you, I love you. All that kind of, you know, it's he's, he's a different rock here. No, to Billy's point, you say that, but then last year, because that was the build, that was exactly how the build was for once in a lifetime. But the second they got to that match, do you remember the opening of that package was like, three things. Me, John, the crowd. I can't wait. Like, <laughs> they, they, went, they went this direction that they're doing tonight of it being like, it's a significant moment. There was none of the trash talking, if you remember. And yeah. I think, like Billy says, if they did do this last year where they bled it into the night because last year's Wrestlemania really did feel like Rock and Cena the movie like yeah. this is what it's all about they could have got away with it last year whereas this year it's like Just you said like, we're Kevin, doing it again it's so blatantly to prop up this angle it's like we've got to make it feel important so throw another package in there fuck it why not like, I was really disappointed watching back on the Raws because one of the you know shocking things I guess about you know doing the previous stuff was like seeing all the mad shit that the Rock said and all the weird promos he did but the build for this like on the Raws it was totally straight-laced, you know, I, I beat you last year, now I'm the champion, I'm going to beat you, John, I'm going to beat you, Rock, but I respect you, but I respect you! No. What a coincidence. Fuck it, it was all like, I respect you, brother. All Rock did in this, like, these backs and forth they had was he would put over John's passion, his desire, his love of the business, I love you, you love me, We're these people. <laughs> you know, they, they literally did a thing where it was like the legends panel. It was like Mick Foley, Dusty Rhodes, Bret Hart, Booker T all asked them questions. And it's like, guys, how come you respect each other so much? It's like, well, Rock's so fucking great. And John's like, yeah, I know. I mean, just walk off holding hands. You like. know, and like it wasn't a fine speech moment, but he did go strong words, strong Strong words. <laughs> and he was just... They're being mates the whole time. That's fucking boring. Complete 180 on last year. And I think if you were tuning in this WrestleMania just to see more of Rock make fun of stupid John Cena, who he hates, you'd be fairly pissed off because yeah. all you're getting is Rock putting over John Cena as being great. Mm -hmm. You know, just a great guy. Cut to the crowd and see Michelle Beadle. There she is. Mm -hmm. She called CM Punk fuckface and upset him once. Did you know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> she was at ESPN. She was like ESPN or something like that. She was ESPN or some network, and she did loads of interviews with WWE, and she was like allegedly friends with CM Punk, and he got her backstage at some show or something like that. They were going to do stuff with her, and she walked up to him apparently in front of a group of people and said, hey, how's it going, fuckface? Or something along those lines. <laughs> and apparently, like, AJ Lee, like, like tore her a new one in front of everyone. It's like, you don't disrespect CM Not Punk. The boys. Not in front of the boys. Oh, and then man. Michelle Beadle was never asked back, like. Whoa. Siri, you hear these, like, random little moments about Punk. And it's like, Jesus, like, in, out of context, I'm sure there's context to this, but out of be. context, it's like, fucking hell. Like, do you think about him and Hornswoggle? Like, him mm. and Hornswoggle were, like, best mates. And then, like, Hornswoggle gave CM gave a friend of CM Punk's number out to another friend, 
and then CM Punk never spoke to him ever again like you, that's it you've broken my Fuck. trust you're not my friend now obviously there's more to it than that but you do hear these little snippets of this and weird like, well, like, yeah. why did him and Cabana break up like that was that's like, the thing as yeah. well him and Colt have been friends for years I mean just one day like Colt has said I'm not friends with Punk anymore it makes me really and, like, I have no idea why like he's never said what happened I think it's to do with the fact that Colt showed up to some WWE shows to go backstage in the midst of the lawsuit right so there you go don't fuck with CM Punk folks <laughs> In an ominous sign for tonight's proceedings, when they show the matchup card for Brock Lesnar versus Triple H, Triple H's music is playing over it. Uh, and coming up next, can Triple H defeat Brock Lesnar? Bow down to the, bow down to the Brock's Last time I stood in this ring with a microphone in my hands, it was eight days after SummerSlam. Eight days after getting beaten by Brock Lesnar, eight days after he broke my arm for the second time in two months. I stood in this ring, I thought I might be done. And the thing was, I wasn't sure if I was trying that hard to convince you or trying that hard to convince me. Because the second that cast was off, I was back in the gym, tearing it up, busting my ass, but with no real goal in mind. And I was just waiting, waiting for a reason. Then I found myself sitting next to a hospital bed, looking at an old man who had just got done having hip surgery. Put aside the fact that his daughter, my wife, my kids sat crying at that bedside. I sat there with a smile inside because I just found my reason. The game! Triple H! And the fight is on! Triple H and Lesnar! Brock Lesnar, the ass kicker, is back! Driving Lesnar into the steel post! Again! Triple H sent flying out of the announce table! The game is back! And he's calling you out for WrestleMania! it gonna be Brock? Are you gonna show up at WrestleMania? Are you gonna show up and fight? Or are you just gonna sit there and bleed? Triple H versus Brock Lesnar in a no holds bar cola match. Yeah. We get like the package opens up with I think we can unanimously agree the worst Triple H. I'm talking no jacket but he's still got his white <laughs> office suit on. Ponytail on him like I don't know what to say, everyone. I guess I'm just not cut out for this job after all. Like, it's so fucking like. You think that's worse, Triple H? In my opinion, yeah. All right, I'm gonna. I when they all when they did the walkout on him, that Triple H. All right, I take that Triple H because ponytail suit Triple H is a very bad Triple H. That Triple H beats CM Punk clean at Night of Champions. Yes. More on that in a future episode. I think the worst of Triple H we got on this angle, which is Triple H shaved head, wearing the leather jacket, the <laughs> jeans, looking like sexy Sean Bean on his weekend off, going to Amsterdam for a proper lad's holiday. <laughs> the reason why that one is so bad, do you remember what happened to Triple H in the build-up? We'll get into the actual build-up in a second, mm. but first, the important stuff. 
Do you remember when Triple H came out to beat up Brock Lesnar and they had the big brawl and Brock got cut open, he's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. And then Brock picked up Triple H and fucked Brock <gasps> the outside. Oh, oh yeah! Do you remember what happened to the his big sweat patch on his arse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, like he fucking like he pissed, pissed himself. himself. Yeah. Triple H being laid out by Brock Lesnar. Oh God, <laughs> pissed himself. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a sledgehammer smells like cum <laughs> I don't even like sledgehammers never thought we'd get three separate Bo Selector, Selector references in a row I don't even like Bo Selector Elvis was proper Bo I tell thee seriously amazing I just said this is this Triple H Sensor wet patch gooch jeans <laughs> important underline wet patch gooch jeans it is gucci jeans <laughs> alright so Brock Brock broke Triple H's arm Brock came back after last year's Wrestlemania he had a match with John Cena he lost it was a very bloody match. The idea with Lesnar was to bring him back as being like this kind of showcase. Like you bring him back for the big events. He's on limited mm. deal, limited dates. It didn't start working until Heyman came back into the mix. Yeah. yeah. And Heyman coming back into the mix fucking saved us because Jesus Christ, remember Lesnar's fucking promos. His pterodactyl screams. <laughs> John, this feeling that you're feeling... It's, it's a, a real feeling. It's a real feeling. It's a real feeling. You tell John Cena to come after Brock Lesnar with piss coming down his leg. He won't like that, let me tell you. I <laughs> love Brock Lesnar on the mic so much. The, the give me Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> hey, Paul, say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we're coming back here. These two together was, was, was glorious. I yes. fucking loved it. So, Triple H's arm got broken by Lesnar at SummerSlam. This is the kind of rematch to it. In between then and now, Brock has been on a tear. They keep doing the thing where, like, Brock keeps getting fired or kicked off the show. And then, like, you know, Vicky Guerrero signs him or Brad Maddox signs him. All these, like, shitty GMs trying to curry favor and ratings keep bringing back Brock. I like that storyline. Mm. And in between SummerSlam and now, he has broken the arm of Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. and also broken the hip of Vince McMahon. He gave Vince McMahon, like... <laughs> Uh, F5 after hip surgery it was fucking mad <laughs> which has finally given Triple H a reason to get his hands on him he's uh, had plenty of reasons <laughs> oh yeah and Triple H because he's got his reason he gets to say his cool new line the ass kicker's back yeah, remember Triple H's famous moniker the ass kicker the cerebral ass kicker. Cerebral. I love Triple H's dad attire with yeah, his leather yeah. jacket and his jeans. Triple H and all the other dads are going to go have a nice barbecue this bank holiday weekend and listen to the new Metallica CD. <laughs> yeah, it's just as good, Saint Anger. It's just as good. It's not, you idiots. Pterodactyl Lesnar we got during this as well, which yeah. is when Triple H was like, Signing the contract with Heyman. He's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Brock Lesnar came out with chairs which, yeah. <laughs> Brock screams. I don't know how a man that big can have such high pitched screams. We may yeah. as well say now this actual match is the grunt of the night. A few years ago, when this WrestleMania actually happened, I put together a little compilation oh, of yeah. um, Gruntomania. You, no, it's Screamomania, is this one. Uh, Gruntomania is from the following year with Undertaker. Uh -huh. But if you look it up, Screamomania on YouTube, you'll see our grunt of the night here is just one big match. And we'll go through them as we get there. So Triple H in this match, and this is what actually really hurt this whole fucking match. I think this made this match immediately stink to high heavens. 
Your career is on the line. Fuck off. This no stip- one's going to believe it. No, no, of, course no believe one. of course not. This stipulation is Dumbo. He's the fucking COO. Of course he's not. Li- oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I guess I can't wrestle for my own company now. Like Unnecessary. Yeah. One thing I did like, though, was remember they had Triple H, his office get invaded by Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> fucking wrecked it. That was great. Fucking awesome. So, Triple H has got HBK in his corner tonight. Coming out with a serious earnest vibe going on here yeah. with, with his jeans and his hat. It's me, HBK. <laughs> <laughs> he's made, all these mysteries coming out here. He looks so not in WrestleMania mode. Mm. The only thing he's missing here is a 1-800-train-me t-shirt. Like, yeah, you know, he looks so phoned in. HBK comes out. Then Brock. Then Triple H. Yeah. Weird. Can I just say as well, when HBK comes out and into the ring... I've never seen Justin Roberts look so happy. Yeah. He's got the biggest smile on his face. He's just happy to be there. It must have sent JBL up the roof. (laughs) I hate happiness, particularly if Justin Roberts is happy. It's not that I'm a bully. It's that I want him to never have happiness. In, in his in, life. In, you can eat me happy at home, away from me, but not when I'm here. <laughs> Everybody hates him, though, not just me. <laughs> of course. What a detestable rogue that yeah. Justin Roberts is. Did Look you at see him, him smiling. Yeah, did you <laughs> see him doing all his intros tonight? Doing his job really well. Not like JBL, Typical. the professional. He's really doing a great job tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brock Lesnar comes out. And one thing I liked about this... I'm never a body guy in wrestling. I don't give two shits usually about how someone looks as long as they come off as a killer. But there was something about when Lesnar first came back, he did not look like the Lesnar of old. Here, he doesn't look like the Lesnar of old either. He looks like this new maximum sweat Brock Lesnar yeah, they've got. Swollen. Fucking massive! Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him that big. Absolute monster with a penis tattoo on his chest. Like, <laughs> incredible man. He, you know how this show, how big he's gotten? The tattoo on his back, I swore when he debuted, that went shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And here it's like cropped in. Like he's got more of a border yeah. now. <laughs> Insane. Unbelievable. Heyman coming out here as well. I didn't even notice this on the night. Heyman back to back. Yeah, yeah. Two appearances, two paychecks. Seriously, I mean, not many people can do that. Considering this is a company that doesn't like managers. Yeah, that says a and lot for Paul Heyman. There's no issue there. It was never really sort of addressed that like he's got two separate boys. It's just the way it is, in a sort of a kind of a Heenan sense. Like you think if they'd normally do this nowadays, they'd be like, well, we better put Punk and Lesnar in a tag team. Yeah, right? yeah. But they just—it's a guy with two different clients, and he deals with them separately. Love it. No, so you had no women's match here tonight no nothing at all yeah no representation whatsoever fucking shocking like Brock Lesnar's little hat I think nice little beanie it's great little beanie I would like Paul Heyman to also have a little beanie when he comes in together (laughs) or Brock could store it on Paul and it's all big on him he's all snuggled in like I think that would work oh Jesus never happened to Triple H when he came out in this one yeah chemical burn folks or was it second degree burns or third degree something like that I think it was second degree it was contact freeze burn from dry, dry ice. ice so Triple H comes out of Bouncy Castle Grey Scully and there's all this dry ice and straight away Triple H gets sprayed with all this powder and yeah. we were all like he's got cocaine he's on him silly. he just looks down and just like you can just he just looks so upset and you get a cut to Brock's Brock's just like Bleh. Brock looks concerned Brock looks like, bewildered he's like yeah. It's so fucking terrible. Like I will say to him, he handles it with like you know when Tager got set on fire and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Triple H is like, oh, I've actually been Best frozen. Pour some water down. Yeah, used to be science teacher. I've worked with uh, like dry ice, and you do not want 
to get hurt no, with dry you don't eyes. Fuck with dry eyes. It is like, horrifyingly sore. Mm. It is so sore and it fucking sticks to you as well. You imagine your entire abdomen being covered in it. Imagine going down the ramp and knowing you had to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah. Alright, I know the Edge Hero podcast has a bit of a reputation for like being like mad, you know, hey Triple H isn't so bad. But ah, poor old Triple H got burnt burn to wrestle Brock Lesnar yeah. and you, follow The Undertaker. Do you remember what the online wrestling community was like after this in regards to changing the finish? No. That apparently Vince was in Gorilla. This is like the fucking rumour. Vince was in Gorilla, saw this happen to Triple H and then called an audible to the ref to say change the finish of the match because he felt so bad for Triple H. Wait, so H was meant to lose the set. So when he wins the match, there's presumably loads of smart like, well, that's only because he got burned. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Brock would have exactly. been like, oh, People were actually sake. saying that. I remember people WWE saying the preferential treatment for people who are burned victims. Typical yeah. nonsense. Triple H, he's so, he's so cool about it. He's like, eh, it's not hard. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> wasn't even a big entrance either. Like, yeah. By Triple H's standards. It was sedate. Pretty conservative, yeah. And he gets fucking burnt to death. He loves the skull, doesn't he? Yeah. It's not yours. It is Shao Kahn or Castle Grey Skull. Yeah, it's his now, mate. Skull King. On a, this year was actually probably the first year 2017 he didn't do any school king bollocks or anything yeah it was full came out with triple a cops. chips <laughs> no one misses with the pole cats <laughs> they brawl outside and lesnar immediately gets knocked out yeah i thought there was a knock he gets when he goes right out of the ring he lands right in his fucking head mm-hmm. i thought oh that's it because i know lesnar does get knocked out here mm-hmm. and then like straight away again they go over to the barricade and he lands right in his, head, his head twice yeah so Lesnar is done. Yeah. Like straight away, he is gone because they start off hot, and all of a sudden they go to the outside of the ring, and Triple H is standing there, and Lesnar is like completely fucking at his feet. Yeah, and like, come on, get up. <laughs> He's noticeably weird for the entire match after this. Now ruins the match. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. They're way off kilter this. I think. Mm. The crowd is a little burnt out. They don't buy that Triple H is losing this at all. Yeah. It's a weirdly booked match, all things being considered. Particularly when you see how Brock gets booked after this. You know, with like against yeah. Cena, and then you see him wrestling here. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, very weird booking. Really slow, plodding action. Really like uh, the WrestleMania 27 match, Taker and Triple H, I yeah. found. Yes, very similar to that. Plod, plod, plod. Sore, chair shot. Plod, pause. plod, plod. Yeah. Pause. Belly to bellies on the fucking floor though to Triple H. Yeah. He gets a lot of those. Triple H gets suplexed through the table, and then Brock Lesnar does a bit of a noise. <laughs> That's one of my faves ever. This little section here is great because while Triple H is selling it, Brock clearly again feeling a bit woozy, not knowing what to do, is just walking around at ringside, just having a little wander. And at one point, you see him look right into the camera, like he clocks it, and he just goes, oh. oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're filming me better scream real quick like. I've got a Lesnar toy that has him going <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's because of this match like Mattel was like oh I guess that's what he does all the time that's his gimmick like he I'm has an open mouth but <laughs> like Lesnar the whole idea is that like if he gets knocked out and his brain gets put onto like safety mode it's like just grunt <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you do that three times into a mirror and Braun Strowman will appear. <laughs> Calm down, Mike. There was a moment in this match, I can't exactly remember where it was, but Heyman says something really peculiar hmm. where Triple H is lying on the mat and I think Lesnar's just stood over him and he says, do it, put him down, then we can go on Letterman. <laughs> Say some stupid part. <laughs> 
Fucking hell. Does he mean literally after the match? We've got a Letterman slot we need to get to, mate. Or like because you because you've had the honor of beating Triple H, you get to go on Letterman. Oh yeah, big fucking deal beating yeah. Triple H at WrestleMania, isn't it? Like, the other thing which Brock Lesnar does as well as grunt is sweat. Yeah, oh, sweaty man. Fucking hell, he makes it a tripping hazard. The ring, he's sweating. These pools coming off him, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Triple H gets thrown around here now for a fair few bits. He gets suplexed into a Blickerary, mm. and like. The crowd are dead. Yeah. Do you think it's that they don't buy it? Because, I mean, broke Triple H's arm, broke HBK's arm, broke Vince's fucking hip. Like, they put this over like Brock Lesnar was a real son of a bitch on TV. And that, you know, Triple H really was built as this hero to come and fight for the right of everyone. No one cares. Because his career's on the line. You know he's not going to lose. Like, with Sean and with Rick, you felt like... Career's on the line and the timing feels right. It feels like these guys are going to go off into the sunset. Triple H, there was no way in hell he was retiring at this point in his mm. career. Not one person would have bought this, I don't think. It's funny because you know, after so many Triple H matches we've covered, this is one of the first ones where I really watched this and I really got the vibe of, I don't think he understands why fans like him. or Because yeah. Triple H, Jim Cornette has always said, Triple H has never been the guy. No. He's never been the guy. He's the guy the guy works with and mm-hmm. draws lots of money with because he's a great healer, a great face, or whatever it is. But he's not the guy. But you don't put... Triple H doesn't go on a marquee and then people fill that arena. Yeah. You know, and I think that's... Here they're thinking, oh, what could be a bigger match? Yeah. Brock Lesnar and Triple H. And you know, of all the fucking matches Brock could have... This is the one I would least like to see. Honestly, yeah. You know, <laughs> don't give it waste to Lesnar. His first year, he's just tied up with Triple H. Yeah. Boring, like, really boring. I was going to say, I can't blame all of this on a concussion because Brock having a concussion doesn't make fans not give a shit about Triple H. That's true. You yeah. Know? yeah. But, I mean, it definitely slowed things down. Triple H grabs himself a chair, starts going to town on Brock Lesnar. HBK comes in, eats an F5. Brock gets pedigreed, sort of. He falls down and has to get picked back up. Sloppy. Ugh, very fucking awful bad botch there. Sledgehammer comes into play and uh, Triple H misses F5 to Triple H and he goes, Bruh! Lovely groan. <laughs> <laughs> get a kick out. Lesnar's face is covered in blood and buggers. It's fucking disgusting. Brock gets the stairs. I don't think there's anything scarier than Brock Lesnar. Throwing some stairs at you. I don't like that at all. Not one bit. He starts to do the throat slash. Did you see that? Yeah. He goes, ha! And then he stops. Oh, yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> that's Undertaker's. Yeah. I have to stop now. So Triple H gets a load of shots with the stairs. <laughs> Triple H looks like he's dead. And then he gets a little slap in on Brock Lesnar. Line of the night on the commentary. Little flame left in the game. <laughs> Little flame left in you. I like that. I, I think it's around this point in the match we get a big Triple H grunt. Did you guys catch? Oh this? yeah! It's he does his normal pose where he puts his hands up, but he does it so intensely you can literally hear him go. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's the Triple H troll. It yeah. is. It came back because you were obsessed with that the invisible so troll. Yeah, where Triple yeah. H just goes. <laughs> It was that one and the <laughs> that sick freak. It's <laughs> <laughs> been so funny in this match because it was pure silence. I'm like, there's nothing they can do to make me enjoy this. And then I was like, oh, he does that funny noise. <laughs> Genuinely, I remember when we watched this years ago when it happened, and I was 
let's say less than sober at the time <laughs> and I remember all the way through this match just giggling like a madman because of all the silly noises these men make you know some Brock Lesnar locked in the Kimura we got Brock Lesnar in space face you know the- <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like the face he pulls it's like he's just like he's just come out of it he's just like woken up so like he's not remembered Woke Lesnar it's like he's just he's not remembered the last 10 minutes because of his, his head injury and he's just woken up with the Kimura in on the he's, Kimura. In, he's just like, just like what's going on what is this Brock Lesnar after he has the Kimura in Ultimate Fighter Triple H puts the Kimura in yeah. JBL goes you sow what you reap Brock Sod off. <laughs> JBL in Stardew Valley. None of my vegetables are coming in. <laughs> I'm sowing everything I reap. What's going on? <laughs> Sweet chin music to Paul Heyman. Brock Lesnar powers out of the Kimura on, from Triple H again and again. He smashed him onto the stairs. It takes so long for this bit to end. Like, I get it. Like, Lesnar, like slams him on the stairs and then he just rests and the Triple H puts it back in they do it three I fucking times I actually enjoyed it I actually enjoyed Real, that I moment. hated that moment. I think there was at least too many two of those too many exactly yeah I think there's a thing that's been said by Triple H before I think Melster said this which is Triple H is unable particularly in his recent years with his big Wrestlemania matches where it's just you have your match at Wrestlemania like the whole year he has this match in his head mm. and then it comes to Wrestlemania it's like right now we're doing this match mm-hmm. and the crowd's not into it or he's not feeling the crowd going actually you know what they might want a little bit of this instead no, it's, or, I've got my match planned out and yeah, we're doing this you were like, three times hit me onto yeah. the steel stairs I'm still winning you know it's just yeah. the only way time I can think of that in recent memory was his, was his match with um, Brian at 30 yeah. where he like just didn't go for all like the big spots and stuff yeah yeah tried out wrestling use a bunch of different moves it was a wrestling match like you know so here it just felt like and it felt like a little bit if you were someone who thinks that Triple H puts themselves in these matches to kind of get himself over and to pat himself on the back and good job Triple H then this match is all the fucking you know evidence you need really finally get a sledgehammer shot a troll yell and a pedigree on the stairs Triple H wins probably Lesnar's worst match since coming back definitely because a lot of Lesnar's matches I mean have been too like his matches like Dean Ambrose for instance it was too short it was underwhelming boring. but this match was boring yeah. boring 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 I fucking hated this and the one good thing this match did was that when SummerSlam comes round and it's Lesnar and Cena in the ring I was expecting another boring, long, drawn yeah, out, and true. instead we got we saw something that would end up on a podcast that Billy would listen to. So yeah. it's like yeah. it was a straight up murder, and that was great because it was like this match almost led you to believe, oh, Brock just is here now to put mm. over some people, whereas no, it's actually the yeah. Plan Do you remember different. that amazing match he had with Punk at this year's yeah, SummerSlam? Oh like, man, yeah. just destroyed Punk. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking lovely match. He had like he he gets better and better. I think from this point Definitely. on. But yeah, real shaky start for Lesnar. Never thought he'd come back. And after this one year, you were kind of left wondering, well, this ain't working. And no. it got better. Like and yeah, so. within a year, he's the like just became the final the boss conqueror. of the games. Absolutely. Yeah. Hall of Fame recap. Got Mick Foley, Trish Stratus, B-Double, Booker T, Bruno Sammartino, and the President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. It's Can I just say, what a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. a big one that That's, year. That, that is a good Hall of Fame. That's that great. Hall of Fame is so good, I feel wrong to do a Honky Tonk Man impression tonight. <laughs> we also get, when Fink's introducing them all, it says Class of 2009 over him. <laughs> oh my they God! They didn't edit it out. It says, oh. Hall of Fame, Class of 2009. Good job, Fink, you idiot. You fucked up. Fink on top of things again. 
Foley's in rough shape here. Like yeah. he's like seen how he's in amazing shape now. Yeah. He said like there was a point where he basically had given up, and I think well, this, this was... is this is wife swap days, isn't it? When like you find out you can't put his socks on and stuff. Really sad. Oh. Bob Backlund not wearing a tie. Bob Backlund also had to be politely taken off stage after his Hall of Fame speech because he went on too long like oh. a mad bad bastard. He's so sweet here. He's literally just going thank you, thank you. Donald Trump uh, as well getting huge heat. Big booze. Yeah, he gets hands. proper booze. Proper he? booze yeah. as well. Big Boo's tiny hand. <laughs> yeah, he's just there waving, and everyone is. <laughs> Little did we know that a young governor, Chris Christie, would happen upon Donald Trump backstage and be like, "You know what? I think I found a way that I can be even more hated." Uh. Do you like McDonald's? You're talking my talk. <laughs> Fireworks are let off for the attendance. Lots of people came here. <laughs> <laughs> well done everyone for being here like great job coming up next the end of our long roads we're finally here twice in a lifetime this is not my beautiful house again this is still not my beautiful life twice in a lifetime <laughs> it's John Cena taking on the rock John Cena coming out here Easy single yellow t-shirt on them tonight, folks. Yeah. Oh, it looks delicious. should say as well, no more packages or anything either. Yeah. But thankfully, they just get to this match and get it over and done with. I was like, waiting for my Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, uh, seriously. Run. The Rock is unrecognisable. Hmm. From, even from Raw 1000 hmm. to Rumble to now. No Chamber and WrestleMania. No Rock promo. Nothing. None of that. No. He's here to do a job, pretty much. Yeah. It's like he's just got bored. Yeah, I, I think at this point his heart's not in it anymore as well. Like, there's no, there's no fire or passion from him like you were getting originally. The crowd is tired and cold. Yeah. Much like this feud. And when the best they had leading up to this was, John, you think you can beat me? I know I can beat you. That was it. Great. They literally, like, were just facing off. And yeah, that, you know, just another match. I respect you. Thanks. You know, well, and that's it. There was no fire to it. The only bit of fire was like when John was like, you know, they go to John, John, why do you keep thinking you can beat The Rock? And he goes, because you, you didn't beat me. I beat me. No one can beat me. I beat me. So John was saying the only reason The Rock won was because he did the he people's elbow. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is given. It's, it's given the story far more than it fucking needs, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, there was the, the moment with the move and all that, but there's no spin they could put on this other than straight up turning the rock heel yeah. that they could have made this work. Like, if the rock was like, I'm taking this to Hollywood or some shit, you know? But the fact of the matter is, what was bad about this match going in is that we didn't think this was the rock's last match. Mm. Neither did the rock. The rock was going to do more matches. Brock Lesnar was on his play after this. Really? Yeah, the following WrestleMania was going to be Rock and Brock. That was the plan. Well, at least we got Rock versus Eric Rowan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is still the my favourite moment in Steve Austin podcast's entire history is his one-word review of it on his review show where he just went, travesty. <laughs> <laughs> when Big Rock and Big Red face off, you know that there's going to be eyes on the product, guys. Mm. Can you imagine if that ends up being Rock's retirement match? It was beating Against Eric Rowan. In, in seven two, seconds. In, yeah. Could you imagine? Looking like it more and more every day, yeah. to be honest. Did anyone see the really horrible sign that was here uh, at this moment in time? Right on the hard camera, no. up and down, it went a few times. No. It was a watch out, blue blazer with an arrow pointing up. Ah, here. Who the yeah. fuck brings that to a WrestleMania? 
and gets away with it as well. Yeah! You'd, you'd think that would have been pulled. you think you're getting punched. Fucking you're getting hell. Punched the other it's band, so like. scummy. Like, yeah. so fucking scummy. Fuck off. Jesus. Low and slow action to start things off. These guys are, uh, yeah, they're making a stew here, folks. They're going to mm. cook these veg nice and low and slow. Nothing fancy here. Punjab hates Cena sign on the hard camera. <laughs> like, it's the follow-up match. You've dialed down the aggression. You've dialed down the animosity. Headlocks, brother. Jesus Christ, this is boring. 50-50 Headlock City. Both men gain an advantage for a minute. Then they trade a move. They're doing straight up face on face. Like, yeah. that's how they're booking yeah. this. And they're booking it. And they're resting this match like it's super hot face versus super hot face. Like they're doing fucking Rock and Hogan. Yeah. Or Rock and Austin at 17. Like they can get away with this kind of behavior. <laughs> nope. Rock Bottom gets countered into the crossface, which Michael Cole calls the STF. In the first moment ever, the five moves of doom gets reversed by The Rock. Oh. Whoa. No one's ever done that. Do you notice how fucking bored the announcers sounded? Of course yeah. they do. It's fucking... The whole match is phoned in. The commentary, the actual oh, in-ring work, the whole thing is just... Bleh. Is it that they can't flick the switch? Is that it? Like, where they can't pretend that it's a fuck? Because if they were going, oh my god, it's the Rock and Cena. They were like, wow, there's the Rock. And John Cena, he's <laughs> wrestling this match. Wow. App. You know, it's yeah. just fucking nothing there to us. Rock powers out of the STF. Hits the rock bottom. Kick out. That too. Ooh, won't be seeing too many of those, I think. All right, let's go to count up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ace. Ace kickouts after yeah. finishers. Okay, here we go, folks. Rock bottom, kickouts. Straight away afterwards, attitude adjustment. Kickouts away. Straight away. And then the attitude adjustment where Rock's body explodes. Yeah. Where he gets a hernia, a torn abdominal, and a torn adductor. Loads of shit just comes coming out. Like a pinata. Like, and to his credit, him fucking standing up and still continuing yeah, with those play. three injuries. Fair fucks to him. But you know what that point proves, though, Billy, is that he shouldn't have been wrestling no, at that size. Not. He's fucking massive. Too big. So his body has started deflating. Like. You can't wrestle that type of a fast-paced match. No. Be that age mm. and have that amount of match. It's like him and Triple H, like, they're really fucking pushing their luck here, mm. it seems like. So, all right, you got rock bottom kick out, attitude adjustment kick out, people's elbow kick out, rock bottom again kick out, rock goes for the five knuckle shuffle, gets reversed into the attitude adjustment, and yeah. a kick out. Rock bottom to the rock by John Cena. It's a kick out there after that. Cena does a little smile. The one moment I like this, he goes, ho oh, ho, here we go. He goes through the people's elbow again, hangs on to the ropes, the rock like gets up, and the Cena goes, you can't see me. genuinely great. That's Fucking love that. Why? Totally fakes him out because he hits uh, 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 rock bottom to Cena then after that though, doesn't he? Genuinely, why wasn't that the ending of the match? That like, would have perfect. Redemption for last year, because he fucked up last year, just do this, AA, win then. What happens between this and the end of the match that is really worth Nothing. sticking around for? I really honestly believe they thought that they needed to add in more kickouts. More kickouts. So fucking lazy. This is the fake out. Another rock bottom to John Cena. His third, by the way. His yeah. third rock bottom. Not third, like, oh, he didn't get all of it. Third, full on, bam, stalking, Genuine, rock bottom. 100%. Kick out. Again, Rocker and his hernia get the attitude adjustments. Kick out there. <sighs> And then this, like, 
really sad ending to this. Like this, the end of this like made me miserable. Like the end of this, like imagine if you showed a, a new fan or like, hey, you want to watch wrestling? It's WrestleMania. I'm a big fan. Let's sit down and watch. And they saw in the end the last sequence with the Rock and John Cena, like. Ugh. Uh, like pretend fighting yeah like literally fucking Nikolai Volkov wrestling around in a fucking gym uh, fucking shit crap bollocks AA Cena wins finally that was fucking boring yeah awful. I was actually angry with that match you watched the three hour block at the end of this yeah. you must have been fucking crying blood like. just because like last year it really felt like Rock and Cena once in a lifetime. We've got to try and at least give the crowd something for their money. This year, it feels very much like we've already got their money, brother. We can just go out there and do our two moves until we get bored, and then we'll call it a. a I think they genuinely thought like we're we're both so iconic, and that's kind of what people want to see—the big moves and no, mm. that works if you do a two-minute match. Yeah. Lesnar and Goldberg this yeah. year. Great stuff. Spear, 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 Jack Hammer, Jack, you know, F5, F5, F5. Yeah. You know, fine. Cut out the 20 minutes of fucking faff. Because literally the crowd was silent for the last bit where it's like, going for the rock bottom, or going for an AA, and the crowd aren't making any noise like, whatsoever. It, it, you could plot a graph like, and then like, it was Punk Undertaker, less for Triple H and Brock, and even somehow less for, yeah. for, for Triple H and Brock, and even somehow less for... Rock and Cena. Yeah. Like the crowd just slowly, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like Governor Chris Christie's presidential campaign has got worse and worse and worse and worse. So bad, his presidential campaign. That's WrestleMania 29, and then you got The Rock shaking hands. They're Hollywood friends. Yeah. Looks Rock, Rock looks Cena right in the eye. That was your wake up call. <laughs> is that what this has all been? Like, this is three years wake up call, like, you know. What do you think of WrestleMania 29? The main event for I mean, main event stank, right? I'm not alone thinking that. Yeah, that, awful. It was The Rock's worst outing. Yes. The worst use of The Rock. Yes. As well. You actually was better use of The Rock when he was on like fucking Smackdown or something cutting a promo and he's getting something or someone over. Mm-hmm. This stank. The next night, you had Booker T come out saying, oh, The Rock is, you know, The Rock's going to be uh, cashing in, getting his rematch. The Rock went home from Raw. He literally was like, see ya, bye. Because the idea was they were going to do the Lesnar angle of him being laid out by Lesnar to set up the next year, and Rock didn't want to do it. So, wow, there you go. Rock is wow. on his way back to Hollywood. John Cena now essentially joining him there. I'm very happy for how John Cena is getting on in yeah, Hollywood. Same. He he's been actually really good. He's he's gone. He's not gone the same route as the Rock. He's gone the mm-hmm. way of Big Dave of actually being in good stuff and yeah. actually being able yeah. to act unlike the Rock. And you know what I will say about John Cena and rewatching this period here and doing stuff for in how to wrestling i've grown such appreciation for john cena i've always talked about how i regretted you know spent all those years hating john cena even just outside if you're someone who fucking hates his wrestling you hate his matches you hate his character you don't want to see him wrestle i can totally accept that but if you realize the really genuinely good work john cena has done and making our weird little thing here wrestling being a wrestling fan watching wrestling wrestling as a whole of making that seem less weird and making that seem mainstream and normal and entertaining and you know here's a big guy like John Cena a big muscle guy and he's not a big dumb dumb wrestler he's fucking personable he's learning fucking Chinese he's a fucking philanthropist he's you know he has done so much you wouldn't realise he's done so much good for, for wrestling and I think he needs 
to be commended for that because yeah. the public perception of wrestling is probably better now than it's ever been. Whatever you say about if you don't like the product at the moment, you don't like the angles, you don't like the shows, Raw is three hours long. But if you were to go on to like NBC, ABC, mm. whatever it is, and ask their lead anchor, wrestling, John Cena, wait, and they're like, oh, he's a great... They'll say yeah. positive things. More positive than they would have said during the Attitude Era. That's right. You know? Or even like a few years before Cena. So he's done a lot of good in that sense. That all being said, WrestleMania 29, what do you think of this one? Adam, match of the night? MVP. Um, yeah, it's obvious, easy. Undertaker, CM Punk, definitely match of the night for sure. <laughs> There's um, no way I can't be that. No, again, I don't even need to tell you why. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. it is. Uh, MVP again. I'm gonna go with Punk because you talk about a man that, by every right, was miserable and hurting and just fed up of the positions that he was being put in. And yeah, being in a, in a match with Undertaker at WrestleMania is not a snub by any stretch. That is still no. a hell of a thing to be given. But even so, it wasn't what he wanted to be in, and he has been like mishandled a lot. So good on him for fucking turning that into easily the feud of the card, mm. like, and easily the match of the night. Absolutely. On such short and notice, as very well. short notice. How much build has uh, the fucking main event had? I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the two years, time. exactly. Four weeks, you're comparing them. Yeah, yeah, way better. And as you say, people were worried about the Undertaker because after the Hell in a Cell, it was like, well, he is old. This match hasn't got any gimmicks. There's not going to be any cage there to stop yeah, you. Yeah. No guest referees. And Punk still turned it into a fucking amazing... Well, not just Punk, but the two of them. They mm. turned it into a fucking amazing match. So. Bill, match tonight, MVP. Uh, Echo Adam on both points. Just, it was a great match, but there was nothing even close mm. on the card. It was a one-match show. It was like, an absolutely totally one-match show. And it just goes to show that what, what Punk said in the um, Colts podcast, where he said, like, Triple H and everyone was going to him and said, oh, that should have been the main event. And he just goes, well, why fucking wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tell me why it wasn't. I remember feeling after this being really worried because like this was two years in a row where the only real saving grace, you know, the no kind of good but the only thing that was actually like objectively really great was the Undertaker match. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, it's been going like that now since 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. How many more? I was really worried like, if Undertaker He's getting older, you know, at this point we were really worried about how old he was getting on in years, and if he can't fucking put on that match, WrestleMania's gonna be missing, like, it's one saving grace. It would never be good again, like... I mean, I think they've managed to pivot away since 30, I think definitely Undertaker, you know, they managed to put on good WrestleManias without him, mm -hmm. you know, or without that match propping it all up. Yes. I think this is definitely the swan song of amazing Undertaker. And for, yeah, I'll actually give my MVP to the Undertaker, the only thing I'll change from you guys, I think you know, the CM Punk deserves all the credit in the world. I was amazed that The Undertaker was able to, you know, change up a little bit of the storyline, make himself a bit more vulnerable, and also as well, his limitations weren't really on display in this match. No, um, that's true. And he was hurting bad, real bad here, so there you go. I, I would have given it to The Undertaker if it just, just had that little more fire from him. Yeah. yeah. If they had that little more fire from him, I would have I would have given it to him. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this season. This whole... <laughs> Finally. Fucking shit. Finally. Finally. We are done with The Rock's return. No, we're not going to review fucking Rock setting his name on fire. We're not? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that kind of sums up where the feelings of The Rock went. Yes. 
you know, last year Rock setting his name on fire in like a 50 minute segment, whatever the fuck it was. This year he wasn't at WrestleMania, nope. and you know what? Didn't miss him. Did not um, miss him at all. Rock coming back. Lots of ups, lots of downs. We talked before about how you got you guys back into it, but mm. overall, I wanted your guys' kind of final thoughts on the Rock's comeback. Did it do more harm than good? Did it change things for the better? What role do you think The Rock played? And most importantly, was this a successful comeback for The Great One? It depends how much you want to read into it. Like, if you wanted to go into every little detail, you could say Rock's comeback was so harmful that it lost one of the best talents in CM Punk. Like, that led to him walking and leaving the company mm. in the long term. But literally just focusing on the comeback itself, underwhelming. I don't think Cena got that big a rub from beating The Rock. Like, if you think about it being a two-year, four-month build up to Cena finally beating The Rock... I don't think it was really worth it. He got more time. of a rub being beaten by Daniel Bryan yeah. than actually yeah. Genuinely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Cena didn't need a rub. No. Yeah. He was the face of the company had and accolades. had been for years. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to bring someone in to make Cena, like, Cena look good? But outside Why? of that, if you think about the original goal of getting people to watch wrestling that hadn't watched wrestling for a long time, it did work. Yeah, it it put, made me made, watch. Made him money. Didn't keep me around. What kept me around was Punk and The Shield. Like, yeah. they were the really... If you're talking about importance, they were more important than The Rock for keeping those fans. Yeah. But just in terms of bringing them back, you know, you can't deny it was a big deal getting The Rock back. I think that's three that's one of the most important things about it is that it was born out of pure nostalgia. Like, this whole thing was literally like, hey, you guys, you used to watch wrestling. Come over here. Yeah. And you know what? Most of them probably saw WrestleMania 27. Fuck that. And maybe mm. some of them watched WrestleMania 28. Maybe some of them watched, you know, Raw 1000, whatever it yeah. is. Those guys didn't stick around, but I'm pretty sure those fans are never were going to stick around. They did get some laps fans back in though mm. like proper people who were the people I know seem to come back into are people who were like not fair weather fans before people who were like die really, hard yeah they were mad it's... into it took a big break and then got brought back it was great because yeah I got back into it because of The Rock but then when I saw The Shield and CM Punk well to quote Triple H I just found my reason like, <laughs> it's like I've been waiting for wrestling the so like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was an excuse to get back into wrestling really Billy, your thoughts. The Rock's return. Yay or nay? Uh, nay. Got it's you into nice. fucking wrestling. Yeah, well, no, because The Rock didn't, because The Rock wasn't about when I was watching. So this was really my first experience with The Rock, this That's whole true, thing. Yeah. It was us that got Billy into wrestling, yeah. if anyone. Like. Yeah, fuck you, Rock. <laughs> the Rock didn't get me into anything. What got me into wrestling was Punk, Shield, Brian, mm. Team Hell No. That was the stuff I got really into. So I really didn't care about The Rock. I didn't have this nostalgia for him. I didn't have the nostalgia for Cena at the time. Yeah. Because while Cena was around when I was watching, never really cared for him. He was someone my brother liked. I didn't care. Would you like to see another Attitude Era comeback? Because, I mean, the one they always talk about, it's probably never going to happen. It's Steve Austin. Yeah. I remember when I went to WrestleMania 25, the first poster came out and Austin was front and centre. And the rumbles that year was that he was going to wrestle. And there was a few years from like 24 to like 27, it was like a lot of talk about Austin maybe coming back. Austin and Punk, there was a lot of teasing of that. And it never, ever, ever happened. Do you think an Austin comeback would have brought in all the fans like The Rock did? Yes, but I think would have had the same issue if they booked it the same way they did here. If they just had Austin come out and just It's say, the booking that's the um, problem. I yeah. hate you, Cena. I think Rock got too much freedom to say what he wanted to. Yes. You know, yeah. and it was a bit muddled. I think for every moment where The Rock had a real kind of kick-ass, like, yeah, that's really... Like, there was one where they were in Boston where The Rock like threw a lot of John Cena merchandise into the bridge, and like he was proper 
old school rock. That was like, there was a few little glimmers of like, that's why I like yeah. you, you know? But I think there was so many things about it where it was like either the awkwardness of him trying to do some of that old type of humor and it didn't work anymore to him pivoting to this weird Dusty Rhodes faith healer fucking yeah. wake up call rock. I think what it is at the end of the day was rock successfully rebranding himself. Because if you think about The Rock before WrestleMania 27, when he came back to induct his father into the Hall of Fame and people booed him, they didn't like him. You know, he was making shitty movies like Doom and stuff. And you know what? I don't think it's any coincidence that The Rock coming back into wrestling and really kind of ingratiate himself with the old fans. It, it would have been too jarring for him to just become the Rock he is today. Yeah. yeah. It was a long con of slowly changing he's come out of this smelling of roses you know he made more money in Hollywood after this he got you know he got more coverage on TV he was you know on fucking mainstream TV mainstream media he can say that he's been true to his roots coming back doing wrestling I do genuinely believe he did it out of a love of, of wrestling because he didn't need to come back he didn't I, need to yeah this wasn't a career move like what's he gonna get out of like he's already an established Hollywood star this isn't really gonna do anything more for him I think the general rule though to take away from this and a big lesson learned here is that like nostalgia I don't think it can work as like a long term plan for, for WWE for, for booking like that no. nostalgia is very short short term it works like, short term yeah short term is oh I remember The Rock what do you remember? Well, he's here for two years, is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I will continue to remember the Rock. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dudley Boys, when they got brought back in the past couple of years, it was like, yeah, Dudleys are back, the internet's exploding. And then by the end of their run, everyone was like, yeah, yeah see you, lads. Good. Nice to see you again, I guess. Yeah. But not going to miss you that much. I know, nostalgia can only work for so long. And yeah. you talk, you know, at the end of WrestleMania 17, after doing you know, 36 Attitude Era pay-per-views, I couldn't say anything but the highest things about The Rock and how fucking amazing he is. Adam and I are reviewing all of the old SmackDown on Patreon at the moment, and anytime there's a Rock promo, it's like, oh, fucking precious golden nectar. Yeah. It's so good. And I can't believe how this is the same guy. Mm. You know, I've really come away from this, like, shock. Because then we used to always make fun of, you know, weird wake-up call Rock. That's what yeah. we did, wake-up call didn't realise it was that fucking yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. We stared into the abyss and Dwayne The Rock Johnson stared right back. That was our wake-up call. Well, that's going to do it for this season of the Attitude Era podcast. Before we get into our next big storyline. It next is a good one. Oh, it's a good one. You'll be very happy. before we all uh, you know release our digestive enzymes (laughs) onto the next storyline and lay our eggs in (laughs) (laughs) we're going to do boys picks your boys Kevin, Adam and Billy have each got a special pick of a show that we want to show the other two a very important show for me I get to decide it's either going to be Wrestlemania 22 or Wrestlemania 25 because one's my favourite Wrestlemania the other one's I actually went to and I haven't seen in like forever mm. so those are my picks you can vote for either of those depending on which one I go for uh, Adam what's your pick going to be? very self-indulgently just to sort of have a nice bit of sorbet after this season and like wash the palate clean again I'm going with Wrestlemania 30 because I think it would just be nice to do something that is a pure straight up nice pay-per-view forget about The Rock let's all just have a good time <laughs> watching Wrestlemania and Billy, what's your pick? Well, can you hear that? It sounds it sounds like Sandy Thumbs, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. That's right, we're going back to 2006. Great American Bash. 
My King of the Ring 98. <laughs> the Punjabi prison match. My King of the Ring 98. <laughs> I, I said it on a previous episode. I got so much shit on Twitter. <laughs> got so much shit. Billy's so into elevated liver enzymes. That is <laughs> totally... So the voting for that will be going up on Twitter. Follow us at a podcast. Cast your vote there. Or on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Make sure you give a like. Keep in touch with us. Vote on the boys' picks. What will our new episode be? And in that episode, we will also reveal our next storyline for season three of the AE Podcast. While you're on Facebook, may as well stick around. Have a look at the video section. We have got shitloads of little videos on there nowadays. If you have any ideas for ones that you want to see put together, like little clips from the podcast you think could make a good video, shoot me a message at Biblops on Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out Vimeo.com forward slash AE Podcast. You'll find some slightly longer videos there of some more classic moments from the show. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchermania.com. If you want to support the Added Share Podcast, there's a number of ways you can do so. You can buy a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash AE Podcast. Get yourself a sweet Glad Gay t-shirt. Or you can head over to Selfie.com forward slash AE Podcast. Grab yourself a commentary track where Kevin, Adam, and Billy talk over your favorite wrestling movies. The best way to support the podcast, though, and to get access to loads of juicy new content is by becoming our backer on Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. That's Patreon.com slash AE Podcast, not slash Attitude Era Podcast. Make sure it's an AE Podcast you're putting in there, folks. If you become a $1 backer, you get access to all of our show notes scanned in, going all the way back to our original run of episodes. If you become a $5 backer, you get access to the SmackDown Crawl, where me and Adam are reviewing all of SmackDown starting way back in 1999. $10 $10 backers get access to monthly Q&A episodes with my bad self. And if you become a $20 backer, you get all of our commentary tracks for free, as well as discounts on upcoming merchandise and all future commentary tracks for free. If you want to become a backer for one month, get access to all the content that's there, you can do that. Remember, there's no long-term commitment. If you want to support us for a few months, you can over at patreon.com slash podcast. And thank you so much to everyone who's backed us so far. We love each and every one of our backers. And thanks to you, we're able to make this a more regular thing, get more content out there, and you're able to support the IGR podcast over at patreon.com slash podcast. That's going to do it for WrestleMania 29. We're fucking finally finished with The Rock. Yes. You yes. might fucking recently watched on the network is mad as a bag of fucking hammers. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm so happy that it's going to get changed up and going to be nice. Hopefully I'm not going to be fucking seeing great American I past. fucking know for a fact that's the way it's going. Bullshit. Of course that's what they're going to fucking vote for, Great American Bash, mate. I'm calling it. It's the Legends House of... of we can only hope, Kevin. Yeah, only hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Edgehair Podcast and this season. Thanks very much for joining us in this review of The Rock's Return. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the AE Podcast.